Bomb, welcome everybody to the Super Larios Brothers Oscars 2016 Super Show! All the stars are here. Vladimir Vodka. Um, no black people. It's pretty much exactly like the Oscars when you think about it. Yeah. There's well. booze, hot pockets, no black people. Although he just had like... Well, actually, Jack Nicholson doesn't show up anymore now that he's, like, slowly going insane. Yeah. So, I guess we actually do have everything we need. Thank God he went out on Departed. That was smart. I mean, I think he did a... Like, there's bucket lists. There's a there's couple things some, out. There's a couple poop ones out yeah. there, but at least he didn't, like... He's got, like, one big one in the last couple years of his movie yeah. career. Something that you can at least look on to. It's like, what a good final role to kind of hold. I forget what someone told me Gene Hackman's last movie was, and it's just a giant fucking, like, bullshit movie. Like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, I, it happens to a lot of guys, though. I mean, Robin Williams' last movie was, like, something they barely tried to pass on. Oh, this. he had, like, three. The Angriest Man in Brooklyn, which did nothing. Yeah, that Some animated one where he was a dog that no one fucking... Gave a fuck. And then some dramatic movie that I don't know much about, but look like complete gar like look like they were really trying to sell it hard yeah like they're like all right well we made this movie and it's a complete turkey but it's it's robin's last film come yeah. on we gotta make it sound good welcome to mooseport i think oh that sucks <laughs> that's his last movie damn it welcome to mooseport runaway jury behind enemy lines uh runaway jury's not bad royal tenenbaums is decent so there's some decent okay. ones on there, but welcome. Yeah, to welcome. Star that's is his a, last movie. That's a giant turkey. He has a hundred credits as, a, as an actor. That's really shit. Number a hundred is Welcome to Mooseport. It's really shitting on the welcome mat when you leave the house, like. Yeah, basically. So, it's the Oscar podcast, which, as anybody who's here knows, if you're listening, if you're a fan, uh, we placed a bet earlier this year. I think it was very early February. I can't remember the exact date. But essentially, we at the time realized, like, oh, I haven't seen many of the movies actually nominated in the Oscars this year. Uh, why don't we make it a bet to try to see as many of them as we could? Any except Revenant. Yeah. And we had seen Revenant at the time. And, and you, we you thought had seen for Mad sure Max. Creed would be on there, too. But Yeah. But we were like, all right, so we'll see a movie nominated for Best Picture and every movie that has a, someone nominated for Best Supporting or Best Lead Actor or Best Leading Actress. So, all together, 14 movies. And for everyone you don't see, you have to eat the most disgusting flavor of Hot Pocket that we could find. Which is beef taco fiber. Uh, oh, I forgot the flavor. That it's... should have been fun to make me guess. Like, <laughs> diarrhea? <laughs> Poop? So, we have them right here. It's been a full month. We'll we'll be going through our list and, and trying to see which one's the classic. Do you want to jump into it? Do you want to banta? I mean, these are only going to get colder, the ones we've, we've created. And just for anybody who's curious and you're wondering, don't worry, we're going to pause it when we eat. You won't have to listen to that. The misery will be off screen. We'll just come back for the, the bloated aftermath. For pooping. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just to give people a heads up, I've just returned from a trip down to Tampa where I spent like four days straight doing nothing but drinking, partying, and, and eating a lot of bar food, basically, and restaurant food. So my stomach's already super like, ooh, why don't we give ourselves like a purge day or something like that? And I'm like, all right, well, this is a purge of a kind. It's definitely going to evacuate my bowels, I feel. So mm -hmm. that's that's good, right? Yeah. I've spent the last uh, five days working hard, uh, exercising and eating right and pooping right on the clock. So I think I'm like, I'm in fighter shape for this. 
I mean, it's not an endurance contest. There's no. This is. We should know there isn't an eat off portion. To I'm this gonna right get now. up and run five miles tomorrow morning, and hopefully not have to take a poop break. Yeah, that's that's the danger in it. Oh, I don't take chances because I wear shorts and there's nothing on underneath, so it'll go like right on the treadmill, like. <laughs> and that's when you're like, "Come on, LA Fitness, let's let's be cool about this." Right? I don't, I always leave. I like you, you can keep everything shame. in the locker. I don't. <laughs> I'm out of here. Forever. Your cell phone, car keys, and wallet. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Yeah, I'd mail them to me or not. Whatever. I'm gonna cancel them all anyway. Who gives a fuck? Even uh, the bonus card. I don't want you getting my free turkey. And we should note. Uh, as this is going on, the actual Oscars are going on. It's, it's Oscars night. Ironically, for an Oscar-themed podcast, none of us are watching the Oscars. It's on too late. We don't have cable down here and be distracted anyway. Yeah. I am uh, every so often going to be following uh, just the updates to see if it matches up with any of our thoughts on these movies. Um, though I would note uh, most of the ones that have come out thus far have been ones I could give less of a shit about. Like, ooh, the cinematography award best makeup and hairstyling so like after my fourth hot pocket i can be like christopher what did you think of birdman <laughs> mike mike you're watching last year's what oscars think do you like whiplash <laughs> yeah whiplash was pretty good right not crazy about the end you don't really know what i meant to it wasn't foxcatcher good but yeah <laughs> i'm like oh you awesome a child god i only bought 20 hot pockets you're in trouble yeah i'm like good luck with this let's do your game idea where we can even recycle movies back in (laughs) so i actually have a randomized list of the movies you watched so it can go it's in a randomized order at this point and uh, we'll just go off the top one discuss them as they come up and if it appears that you haven't seen it then whammy yeah okay (laughs) so we're gonna start the list off with Ooh, the Danish girl. Fuck. Really? <laughs> you, you, if you want to see it, number one is the Danish girl on here. I randomly organized this. Where? Uh, I'm like eating the mic. Scooting over. Oh, number god damn it. <laughs> Fuck. That sucks. And you will be eating alone, sir, because You've I seen it? watched you... the Danish girl. Turn burglar. <laughs> if it helps. Let's see if I can... this cigarette for after this fucking monstrosity. <laughs> Oh, we didn't mention there's also a drinking aspect to this that I've introduced. Oh, well, you wanted, you're like, oh, yeah, why don't you do a shot of uh, Jose Cuervo afterwards? No, no, no. It's 40, 43. It's like, a, it's like a dessert wine, basically. Yeah, it's not a bad wine. It's 14, 15%, you big puss. I, I'm not the alcohol content. I'm just not a huge fan of doing wine shots after a hot pocket as though that, like, as though it's, like, dipping, I don't know, like, I think it's a neutralizer. I'm like, trying to make this a little there. less cool, or a little more cool, and a little less fat, honestly. Cause if you want, I'm, go for it. I'll do the shots. I'm not. Right. I'm not concerned about that. I just, I don't see it as like a blessing in disguise, like you do. I'm not like, mm, can't wait to wash that hot pocket down with shots of wine. I mean, I really shit the bed. At the can't start wait of to this. pair this pastry of suspect meat and cheese with caviar and. All right, I'm just gonna waffle this thing down. All right, so hold on, we're gonna I'm gonna pause. You didn't bring any napkins down, and we'll be right back. You piece of cum. All right, so that's one down. How was it as the inaugural hot pocket to the hot pocket competition or contest, death pact, whatever you want to call it? Not bad. It was a journey of mediocrity, really. Much like the Danish girl. (laughs) I'll tell you right now, if I could go back in time, that's perfect, and 
undo seeing the Danish girl to eat the Hot Pocket instead, I would have. Because it is, without a doubt, the most brutal movie I saw. Certainly of any I saw on this list. Really? And maybe of all time. It is ungodly unbearable at times. <laughs> it is 80% like whimsical fantasy like music in the background. And then 20% Eddie Redmayne just quivering at things. Like, the first chance, I mean, if you don't know what the plot is, it's like he's, it's supposed to be about, I guess, what was essentially the first transgender woman. Mm -hmm. So Eddie Redmayne plays him slash her, uh, like an alter ego Lily that she becomes known as then. It starts off as like a thing he does with his wife as like a cross-dressing kind of sexual kink thing. And then evolved into like him completely going into that personality. Oh wow, that movie's not what I thought it was. About no, at all. and I just thought it was some like weird artsy love movie from whatever like fifteenth century Europe. No, that probably would have been more enjoyable because the annoying part of it, something Dickensian. Like I, I, I'm not transgender, and I don't know exactly how it works. But from my understanding, a lot of it isn't necessarily sexually based. It's more about kind of like what your brain identifies as your gender but the shots of him like with a dress that he's holding up against his body because him and his wife are both painters and i guess it's discovered that he has this lily inside of him when she makes him pose as a woman for like a uh, art like a portrait she was already painting with her previous subject couldn't so she's it. the danish girl right eddie redmayne's not the danish no girl? eddie redmayne's a danish girl holy shit and it's like him putting like a silk dress, like just holding it up against his skin and putting in the pose and he has like nylons on and it's him like, <sighs> oh wow. Like just quivering the entire time. Like, it's just like, oh my God, the madre Dios for easily like an hour and a half of just him. How long's the movie? Like two hours. It's, it's absurdly long. I mean. There are some interesting parts. We should just interchange it. this review with your review of uh, J. Edgar. <laughs> long and gay. <laughs> long and absurdly gay. It's not that... It's nothing to do with um, like the topic at hand. I just... It's so much like Eddie Redmayne. Like, just... I, uh, it's just so... Something's off about it. It really, like, strikes as, like, a weird, like, cross-dressing fetish more than it necessarily does anything else. And, uh... Oh, it's just so brutal to watch. There's nothing entertaining to it. There's nothing, like... There's no wacky characters or, like, hilarious dialogue. There's no, like, um... Like, oh, real, here's a one-two punch kind of character to help carry you through this 20-minute schlog of Eddie Redmayne being... Dressing as a woman and going to a club. And I, I think having sex with a guy who knows it's a dude... Well, knows he has the genitals. She has he the genitals. Him or... I don't... I don't know exactly. It's kind of unclear How do in you the movie. Someone in the butt and not like realize it's a dude. No, I'm pretty sure that the guy duct tapes his wiener to his belly. Well, no, I'm pretty sure that the guy knows uh, Lily is biologically a man, but it's unclear if they've ever progressed beyond like kissing, and he seems to indicate there may have been more or something like that. But then. He, like, Eddie, or she, rather, all of a sudden's like, I don't want this anymore, and, like, runs out of his house. It's, oh, it's so brutal. It's, 
just devoid of anything I could have found enjoyable. And like, like that was the movie I told you. I was just like, oh my god, there's still a half hour of this turkey. <laughs> really? Life. Yes. Okay. Wow. Oh, it was brutal. Mm. I would not recommend the Danish. I film. am. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad I dodged that bullet. That hot pocket wasn't that bad. No. Yeah. I, if it's my first of seven, then that's. A I I would have definitely gone back in time and just been like, I'll just take the hot pocket, especially when I'm like, there's some movies on this list I actually wanted to see that I just didn't get around to because I was like. I'll check out the Danish girl. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let's have at least one of us check that one out. So that's that. And uh, second on our list is The Revenant, which okay. we both already seen. Yeah. So, uh, um, how do you feel about? The I Revenant overrated. Now? I would say with the amount of hype that movie has gotten, I liked it. It's it's a very good movie. It's beautiful at times. Like the landscape, cinematography is fantastic. I think hands down that's an Oscar winner. He already already won the best cinematography, um, but the thing going on is that it may also win best uh, picture and it might win best actor for Leonardo DiCaprio. I I liked him. I wouldn't say worth. I it love less. Leonardo DiCaprio. He deserves an Oscar. He doesn't. I, I should say he doesn't deserve it for this one, but it's not his best acting. Like there's nothing interesting about yeah. his character in the movie. You know, the only thing you'd be giving him an actor or an Oscar for is like, oh, he gets really fucked up by that bear and looks scared the whole time. But it's not like there's layers to that character. Like, when yeah, you look at like Wolf of Wall if Street. If you're not going to give it to for him for Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. I would say not give um, Because what is he, 42? Like, there's pl- there's going to be. It's not like this is his last We're going to get three decades of Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Like, yeah. when he retires, that's when we'll be like, or when he dies, it's going to be like, wow, I can't believe I'm still alive. Yeah. Definitely did not. Can't believe movie. can't believe the world felt it was okay to take Leonardo DiCaprio from us, but leave me behind. We'll probably get at least like eight great Leonardo DiCaprio movies out of it. Yeah, but this I, is not one of them. No, and, and here's the thing: like, it's I want to like it. I want to like Revenant more than I do, but the it's one of those ones where the more I think on it, I'm like, it's so weird because it's just like a movie that should feel like it has more of a point to it, and it just doesn't. Like, it just bothers me that it's a movie about revenge that says nothing about revenge through it at all. And you can even look at, like, movies with kind of similar kind of themes to it. And DiCaprio saying, like, Departed. I mean, in a way, it's not exactly, but still, like, um, a rivalry against somebody going after them kind of thing. Of, mm. of going after, you know, Jack Nicholson's character. And that's, like, there's characters to that, though. Here's the, yeah, here's the difference. Departed has, like, other characters and stuff. And every, there's still a lot of great scenes throughout that entire long movie with various characters. It's a great, like, ensemble piece. Mm. Revenant violates my cardinal rule. If you're going to be kind of an absurdly long movie, then have give me like a, a good ending, like something thought provoking. There's not like nothing to I'm it. not gonna kill you, but I'm just gonna toss you over to let these Indians kill you. Like what? I don't get. It's not like he lets nature run its course. It's it, it, again. It wasn't even like. It's not like um, it was his just kind of like the end of. Uh, Batman Begins, where he doesn't kill Liam Neeson. He's like, I just, I'm not going to kill you. Doesn't mean I have to save you either. We're like, well, I mean, no, leaving, it's kind of essentially the same thing. You're leaving him to die. <laughs> I mean, this Leonardo DiCaprio is literally pushing him over towards <laughs> Indians that he knows hate white people. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's not even like you could sit there and be like, well, this is his, this is Tom Hardy's just desserts. Because you're like, he didn't really do anything against the Indians. No. He calls them tree N-words at the start of the movie once, but it's the... Of all the people... They start offends, the movie killing all of his friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for all the people he offends throughout the course of that movie, the Indians were the only ones he really didn't 
do have any slights against. So. Yeah, I mean, if, like, a scalpless uh, Domwell Gleason was waiting on the other end of that corner, like, <laughs> just, sh- like, sharpening in that butcher's knife, yeah. I feel like that makes sense. This, yeah, 100% this makes sense. That's not your revenge to take, Leonardo DiCaprio, but the, uh, it's just... They do explain that he had been scalped previously in the past. You had to assume maybe they're, you know, they're, he must have There's done probably something. some Indians that owe him. But yeah. even then, it's like, these ones aren't. So it's not like nature ran its course. Yeah. It's not like, you know... Yeah, I don't know. No, and there's so would... many scenes of him staring at churches. That's kind of like... like a racist explanation. That's not what they're explaining it as, is it? Like the people that made the movie? I mean, what else? The only reason I'm like the Indians do it is because they don't like white people. It's again, it's not like Tom Hardy's character did anything against them. I thought the Indians were maybe supposed to represent almost like nature and God, like the way things were here. That's just like animals killing each other. These are these people's natural habitats that we've encroached upon. But the ending also implies that... We're already on, like, someone else's private property. But the ending implies that that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character goes back and presumably lives. Like, it doesn't show him dying or anything like that. He's not wounded to the point where, like, maybe he doesn't live. You're like, I guess he gets to just go on, you know, without his son, which is a big bummer. But it's not like that guy didn't do 80% of the same things everyone else in that troop did. They're all still taking pelts. They're all still... Yeah you know, encroaching on what you'd consider the Native American's land. I feel like their idea of the ending is that, oh, well, you have to kill Tom Hardy, right? We can't end this movie with him living. Yeah. So let's just not have Leonardo DiCaprio physically kill him. Which is so weird. So that's him learning his lesson, but you still get to see Tom Hardy get his shit come in. Like, you don't see it, but it sounds like it sucks. Just gets his shit punched in. Yeah, I, it was one of the movies that, because I like Tom Hardy in it but it's it's and there still are good scenes to it there's you know awesome moments in it there's stuff you can definitely talk about afterwards which is more than I can well the bear fight is ridiculous the bear yeah. fight's ridiculous and there's just things you could joke about like why didn't he you know take that huge hunk of raw flesh that he was throwing and just put it next to all those fires going on cook it a little bit if he yeah. didn't want to eat raw heart but like and the scene of him crawling in the horse I'm, I'm sure it probably looks real it is realistic to what it would look like but it, it looks like almost cartoonish like it's like him crawling in like a giant sleeping bag like mm, with his head poking out like ah and like all you see is like a little neck cap poking out afterwards like oh do 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 after he's like come back from the dead and yeah. like bear like sewn himself together and then falls off a on that horse he falls off like a yeah, that's a ridiculous. 50-foot cliff. <laughs> like, the horse, like, of course the horse is dead, because nothing could survive that. But he's just like, ouch, ouch! Well, time to crawl inside this and back, you, to, back to my hunt tomorrow. Like, you were a bag of, like, loosely held together bones before this. How are you, how are you, like, getting up again? It's like, oh, well, the revenge has just, like, driven him so hard. That's the only thing he's running on. And it'd be like... Because there are scenes that... But he's not to... gonna really get revenge at the end. It's such a wishy-washy ending... If it, if it had, because that's the thing, there's, there's no real internal dialogue to comment on what his thought process is like either. He sees churches, he sees, I guess, what was his wife a couple times, mm-hmm. but it's not really anything that suggests all that much, I guess. I mean, I also, it was a three hour long movie that I saw once, maybe I'm missing some of the symbolism within those yeah. scenes, but... Watching it at the end, I just felt very unsatisfied from it. Like, if, all right, do you think this would be a better ending? He, after that ridiculous knife fight, which is almost, like, laughable at points, how much they're stabbing each other, after he manages to, like, incapacitate Tom Hardy, throws him on a horse, takes him back to the, uh, the camp, 
It says this is the guy that killed Captain What's his name, Donald mm-hmm. Gleason. And then like two scenes later you see him get hung. I mean it adds another five minutes to an insanely long movie already. But do you think that's yeah, a better that, ending yeah, for that I character? Mean, it's justice. At Doesn't least. even watch, rides away, but he knows yeah. it's happening. He gets his end, but you can at least play it off as justice too. But then you're also like, well, why were there so many scenes with the Indians if they didn't play anything to the end? I don't want to spend too much time on it since we've already we've already yeah. got what twelve other movies. To well, get we're to. not going to do this again if Leonardo DiCaprio pops up. But. Yeah. Well, again, if Leonardo DiCaprio wins, we'll bring it up there. I'm just saying, I'm pretty certain he's going to win Best Actor and Best Best Picture. So. I will. Uh, I'll wait Maybe to see that. Actor. I'll wait to do my pick and to see Maybe. if my movie comes up. All right. So our next one on the list here is Forty Five Years. God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> if it helps, I'm going to be eating with you on this one. I didn't see it either, so we'll I'll be right to back. Shove this down with a cigar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, I was... Actually, wine's not bad, so perhaps I was a bit mistaken in my criticisms earlier. I attract my... With the cigar? Douchey statements. This is kind of like Frasier. Like, like this is sort of sherry. (laughs) I like how we say that knowing we both just admitted to not seeing probably one of the more artistic movies of the the group. I don't have no idea. And we ate a Hot Pocket (laughs) in in payment of it. The second one was pretty heinous. I, I'm gonna tell you, I haven't. I, had, I need to go on a streak. Here. I haven't really had a substantial meal yet today. Uh, my only real meal I ate was uh, like a chicken croissant thing and a Dunkin' Donuts at the Philly train station. Chicken sausage? No chicken. Hmm. Chicken croissant. I just rubbery. Yeah, not great all the way around. So I was slightly looking forward to the hot pocket from far away. It didn't look half bad. And then I bit into it and I was like, ooh, ooh, and I'm already feeling it on me, oof. Oh, really? Yeah, that's not going to sit well. Uh, the second one, if the first one was a five, the second one definitely dropped to like a three. It's I'm it's getting diminished rough. returns pretty quick out of the gates with these hot pockets. The beef is absurdly cheap, mm-hmm. and the seasonings, oof. All right. I was so, going to cover it in honey mustard, but that yeah, felt yeah. like cheating. All right. So... 45 years, neither of us saw it. Can't Do you know anything much. about it? Uh, I believe it's about like a husband and wife, very elderly husband, husband and wife, and it's found out that he had an affair like 45 years ago, and the other woman, I don't know if the other woman, I guess it just comes out. I know Kate Blanchett's in it, right? No. She, that, she was in Carol. Oh, okay. That's the one she's in. Um, <laughs> it's, Please I, don't be next. No, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know much. Oh, I had this set on the chick flicks, Mikey. <laughs> I don't know which, uh, really much more of the plot beyond that. I just got that from a trailer I watched at Terry's Place. So, I Had I had more time, that may have been one I caught. But I'd assume a dark horse in any of the categories. Well, it's only in Best it's Supporting only, it's Actress. It's Best Supporting Actress. And, or Best Actress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about who yeah. we both think later. Uh, next one up, uh, Steve Jobs. This is, I believe it's directed by Aaron Sorkin, but yeah. not necessarily, I don't know if it was 100% written by him, but clearly his style of yeah. writing definitely highly influenced it. Uh, Seen it. We both, yeah, we both saw it. Uh, I, I really liked it. I, uh, yeah, I honestly... I thought it was fantastic. I'll put it definitely, I think, best actor for Michael Fassbender. He's he's phenomenal. It sounds like he's going to be a real, real, uh, like, a bad role for him the first time you hear him when he has, like, a really nasally high-pitched voice. And yeah. you're like, 
Steve Jobs True. probably wasn't really this tall. Doesn't seem seems a little too muscular for him. And then you get into it, and you're like, I'm completely buying this because yeah. he he captures what his idiosyncrasies is. And- yeah. His God complex so well, like that's what I love about this movie. Because there, there was another Steve Jobs movie. Just to be clear for anybody who's listening to this, out of the context of the year, this is the one with Michael Fassbender, not the one with Ashton Kutcher. And this is one that is framed around like the product launches of three different events throughout Steve Jobs' life: the Macintosh, the Next, and the iMac. And it's all scenes that basically take place behind these. The only one uh, I remember launches. vividly is the iMac. Those commercials were everywhere mm-hmm. for that. You know, like the, the they were even too new. Those were too old for me. I'm I'm the still, color in the back. You don't remember I'm, that at all. I remember them, but I don't remember the conferences. Steve Jobs is a name that like only really has connotation for me once the iPod came into play. Um, I vaguely remember the commercial a few years later for the first one, which I think is just the Mac. Um, it, it goes Mac IMAX the third one. I'm trying to think what the second was. That the one when he left Apple and no, he was doing because IMAX the black is, cube or something. That's next is yeah next is the one that because it's based between. it's sort it's of like Macintosh, a, a sort of next. like a play it's yeah, yeah it's yeah, Macintosh it's... next iMac iMac uh, next is the one he does outside the company and it's again this is what I like about it it shows that the only reason he did the next was to basically kind of insert himself back into being yeah. the the guy back in Apple because he built this product that he knew would fail but would be desired for essentially Apple to then use as their next big product. You know, they just need an operating system that works for them. And the first two acts are him... Like, uh, the three acts, or the first two are based on product failures. Yeah, and it's it's not... Because it's, it's, you know, it's a movie that plays to both sides of the Steve Jobs legacy. You should ask does. Dad, because I bet Dad remembers, like, those launches and them being, like, flops. I, I told him that he should definitely watch it, because I know he he definitely would dig it. Um but it, it does it plays to the idea like look Steve Jobs is a genius he is uh, like a complete visionary in a way and there is just a charismatic power to him but it doesn't shy away from the fact that he is an absurd asshole at times yeah. and without fail every chance he gets fucks over Wozniak oh well every chance yeah. like and tries to still act like he's the guy protecting him too at points like he's like you don't get to fuck with Wozniak because no matter what, I'm going to be the one that's always there protecting them. And it's like, Steve, please, just yeah. a fucking cursory mention to the end of the Mac That's two. all I ask. And Ten years later, I'm still asking for it. And he's it. like, go suck a dick. And, but you get a little bit, like every time he knows three of them are waiting to talk to him, he always goes to Wozniak first. Like there is a level yeah. of respect there, definitely. There is. feel, even though you don't really see it much, every scene ends with like him like, you're a fucking asshole. It is. And it's it's fantastically acted all the way through. Seth you Rogen know, I loved Seth in Ro- that. Seth Rogen's great. Jeff Daniels as his, uh, his boss is fantastic. Michael Stolberg, Arnold Rothstein, who I didn't pops even, up in another movie this year too. I didn't even realize that was him in this role. Like I knew you had mentioned he's in the movie. I didn't realize it until the second uh product launch and i was like starts getting kind of fatter well yeah and then i started realizing like oh this must be an important character of some note yeah because it also it is somewhat a little bit um odd that every launch has him essentially talking to the same five people at it like he'll talk to wozniak he'll talk to his wife and or daughter he'll talk to andy he'll talk to his assistant and he'll talk to jeff daniels yeah he'll talk to all five of those in varying orders at some point during it Mm mm-hmm um, but it's still well done all the way through. The dialogue's extremely well written. Um, it's it's you know sharp. It's it's Aaron Sorkin's writing when I can enjoy it. When it's yeah. not like 
because it feels right with Steve Jobs coming yeah. out of him. Like I do feel like he'd be someone with that kind of sharp kind of yeah. wit to him, um, and not having it through like you know episode after episode in, in a newsroom or whatever. Every time in like the first act that he like denies being her dad for her father, like right in front of right in front of her, this Does like he... six year old kid, like I'm not her father, like that's heinous. And then him trying to... I really wish I had done more research into finding that like Time article where he denies it. Cause I, I love feel like that. I heard it in passing and never took more I'll, of a notice. Because I love that line where he's just like, I was I was using an algorithm. Because he basically accuses the, the mother of being like, well, she could have had sex with like 83% of the American population. 83% of the American population could be your father based off of the fact that the paternity test was only like 98% positive it was him or like something. Like he did that many cartwheels. Um... Just it's, to deny this little girl right in front of her. The moment I got completely sucked in is it starts off with him having this argument with Andy, uh, the uh, Rothstein character. Michael about Spielberg. The, yeah, about the fact that the uh, Macintosh should say hello to him when he answers, but the voice tech, uh, voice recognition technology isn't working right now. And he just has this moment where he's like, I'm going to go out on stage and I'm going to say hello to the iMac. And afterwards, I'm going to credit every single person for every part of this project they are responsible for. And he goes through a bunch of names of what they're responsible for. And then I'm going to say, responsible for the voice activation system, Andy fucking Stahlberg. If you don't want fucking career suicide, you better get out there and make sure you got more bullets in this fucking chamber Russian roulette you're playing. And then just slams him into an elevator and it's like scene right there. And you're like, yeah. God damn it. This is going to be this fun. It's a great reenactment. I like how you come, combine the actor's real name with his character's <laughs> name, Andy Stolberg. <laughs> I want to make sure everyone knew who we were It was something about. pretty Jewy, whatever, yeah. <laughs> like Mouskowitz or something. But uh, Walla Walla. Yeah, and, it's, and that's the scene they keep showing in all the commercials, like him as the elevator door shooting like Michael Fassbender's characters with a gun in his head. And every time I saw it before I saw the movie, I was like, it's just so it looks tacky. looks so silly, yeah. From a computer nerd, how scary. But then, yeah, you in the context, it. it's it works... He's Just phenomenal. Wonderfully. I love the movie. I honestly think it should have been up for Best Picture, considering some of the yeah. movies that were up for Best Picture Which that we'll I've seen. Yeah. But yeah. I, I loved it. If I you would... haven't seen Is Kate Blanchett nominated for that too? In Best Supporting? <coughs> I don't honestly know. I don't think so. Um uh, look at up Best Supporting Actress right now. No, she's not. She should be. She was she was excellent. I, I honestly every person in that movie, even the kids, not bad. I think that's the only complaint I'd have is that it ends on kind of a weird note with him like connecting with his daughter, and like a weird throw into the next generation. Because again, it stops at the iMac launch. It doesn't get into the iPod generation. It doesn't touch on his death at all. But it has this weird moment where the end of the movie is essentially like, I guess we don't it's want beautifully this... self contained. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I guess we don't want this to end on the note of Steve Jobs fucking over Wozniak in public again. So we'll end it on a note that he at least connects with his daughter in a way. And he throws like something in because she has like a uh, fucking uh, uh, Walkman with her. So he's just like, thousand songs in your pocket. We're going to make it happen. And then it's like, he she comes to see him like step out on stage. And that's the end of the movie. Like you get a, a moment where the two of them get closure. But... That was the only part I was like, eh, it's a little bit queefy. Yeah, well. But in the end, overall, I, I thought it was spectacular all the way through. I can't find it right now, but like Kate Winslet explained that accent. Like she was a German immigrant taken over as a child uh, to America and raised in like, 
want to think like real North Jersey, like some other place with a very distinct accent. And that's how she kind of like molded it into the accent she has in it, which is like, it's perfect. It's enough where it hits, but it doesn't. Yeah, like, you can understand her, but you can tell she's clearly got a foreign touch to her at times. But you don't go like, oh, that's straight up German. It's like there's something off about that. Yeah, I, I again, everybody in the movie. She's great too. The, there's and because it, it's the kid's five at the start of the movie, and then I guess she's like what, like eight at the second one, and then she's, like college age in the third. Yeah, I guess she must be older for the second one. Then she must be like. 12 then or something like that because there is like a big jump up maybe like yeah maybe like a median there something like but all three of those kids oh you know women girls whatever you want to call them great you know like there isn't a weak performance two out of three bangable definitely absolutely totally (laughs) it's a shame about that last one (laughs) Um, that's great uh just as a side note here best animated feature film this year did go to inside out so good for them. Good for them. Not dominated for best uh, picture though. That's another movie I would love. to I don't see know how I Lava You doesn't win, but whatever. Yeah, well, it's the best short. Maybe it'll win that. Not long enough. That's what I thought watching it. <laughs> Not enough. Wacky volcano singing didn't make the other one slutty enough. Oh, <laughs> the most, other volcanoes. The bus- sexist bus- Pixar award goes to. Uh, oh, I Lava You. <laughs> They couldn't get a frumpier volcano to be paired up with that super hot vixen volcano. We got the Danny DeVito of volcanoes to hook up with the Margot Robbie of volcanoes. Speaking of uh, Margot Robbie, our next film is The Big Short. I did see it. I saw it as well. What did you think of it? I liked it a lot. I, um... You know, like the parts I didn't like were like some of the Margot Robbie and the, like, those ones annoyed the shit out of me. Like they, you know, it it does need to be dumbed down a bit. Like it's I but get it doesn't that. feel like they dumb it down. It feels like they're like we're gonna have the same conversation. We're just gonna have a naked chick talk to you about it. Which is weird because they set the bar so high for the first one as far as like shock value kind of like interest, and then after that it's like oh I'm a well known chef cutting vegetables. Yeah, I'm Anthony Bourdain. Like. I'm like, I know of your name. I don't. Yeah. I mean, was Gordon Ramsay's not available? Can you get a shot like show? Liam Neeson killing people? That'd have been sweet. <laughs> I liked it, um, but I wasn't crazy about it only because I don't like the direct style of it, um, where it plays a lot. It's very much like Wolf of Wall Street in terms of attitude, and then also having the I don't characters. Think it's, Wolf of Wall Street came off to me as kind of cartoonish a lot of times. This time, even if still, it is true, it still feels almost a little. I mean, this one's a lot. There's more no drugs. It. There's no drugs, but this one's it doesn't have that. But it still has that same attitude where like characters will like turn to the camera and they'll talk to it. Cheeky. Like, yeah, yeah. We didn't think this was gonna be so crazy, but then we started looking into the numbers and we were like, "Whoa, man, shit's getting real." So we, re- me and Steve, realized. It's time to go in. And then, like, they turn and now they're back into the scene. And I'm just like, I'm not crazy about this. But, I mean, that's kind of interesting because all of them are just flat out lying. They all, uh, I guess the two kids, no, all of them got them from Christian Bale's character. Like, yeah. they all heard it somehow from him. Yeah, it all gets back to them from that at some point. So you know that. So even when you hear a character talk like that, you know, like, I mean, Steve Carell's not taking any credit for it. He's announcing it. No, it's, it's, it's just. Kind of outright. But a lot of the, there's a lot of upstart young kind of, like, I, I mean, I don't even know if they'd be... I guess it would be... But, I, I, I think it's those two guys maybe annoy me the most just because they feel the most like that Wolf of Wall Street attitude oh, yeah. that just kind of got grating. Because Christian Bale doesn't do that. I don't think he ever turns to the camera and talks to it. And 
Steve Carell maybe only feels that way if only because it's still hard for me to separate from him being like a comedic actor. Because even his role I in this is still good. pretty com- like comedic. Like his his reactions at times feel like they cast him because he can act comedic. Like, oh god, are they fucking kidding me? Thing go over the top. Yeah, yeah like very like r- ridiculous reactions. Not, I thought I read it was pretty close to the actual guy though. I wouldn't be shocked if it's true. Uh, if that's like exactly what it was like. Again, I still like the movie. Um, I just wasn't in love with it as much as I... What was this cigar called? Uh, this was a, a half compu- uh, Corona. Half Corona. Half Corona. I liked it. It's very good. It's we're very we're smoking a cigar while we're um, talking about those guys for people who are curious. I'm just going to start folders cigars and then stop i'm not i'm not gonna do like <laughs> I'm a like, you, two minute article do you need to pop. stop do you want to play around a solitaire before but cigars will remember me to to look it up all right so um anything else you want to say on big short i liked it i would say christian bale um he's up for best actor i don't think he is i thought he was up for best supporting Sorry, yes, he is up for actor and supporting role. Christian Bale. I like, I love the 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 varied cast, but the, the way it kind of shoots itself in the foot, it's really impossible to nominate anyone for best actor in that. Yeah, I yeah, because it's it's split into three narratives essentially: Christian Bale's narrative, Steve Carell's, and then the other two guys who I don't yeah. I don't remember their names. The Denver guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Brad Pitt's in the movie with those two guys, so I almost he's guess, great too. I guess you could call it maybe the Brad Pitt, but role he's got maybe like twelve minutes. Of yeah, time he's not in it all that long, uh, but he is he's effective in all of he's it, isn't it? There's really no I can't I, I don't have any real like objective complaints about the or not or um I should say rather like uh, solid complaints. All the problems I have with it are purely just based on my taste. Like I I liked Wolf of Wall Street, but that like directing style got on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. No problems. Uh, if it wins something, I wouldn't be upset, but I think there's better candidates. Yeah. So, next up on the list is Joy. Oh, man. What? Go ahead. I've seen it. All right, I haven't, so I'm going to have to stop here to eat. Hooray! <laughs> so, we'll be back in just a quick moment. All right, and we're back. Number two. It's not very pleasurable. And I have so little left of this cigar that I'm really annoyed that I'm losing precious time <laughs> in fucking hot pockets. Savoring time. So how was Joy? Uh, was it as everything? I heard it's a trippy movie. I you heard dodged a bullet big time. I heard it's a weird movie. When you said that, well, like when we were talking earlier in the week and you mentioned like, oh. I was like, there's I a got... real stinker of a movie and I still have 30 minutes left. I thought for sure you meant Joy. What? I was actually going to see Joy next. That was the movie I kind of wanted to hit up next. Because I'll be honest, right now, I didn't see many of the movies. You already know I didn't see 45 years. And I think we're both eating a Hot Pocket for Carol when that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt bad because I was like, I didn't see any of the movies with the actress specifically. Now they're best supporting. Yeah. Uh, so that was the one I really wanted to kind of get to. But I heard it's... Have you ever seen or heard of the movie Brazil? No. All right. It's like a very surreal kind of odd movie that I heard a lot of people compare Joy to. Like, it doesn't follow a logical plot line or... No, I think it does. Does it? Okay. Yeah, Is there a lot of, like, weird imagery to it? Yeah, or like... it's a true story about the chick that invented, um, whatever they called that mop that, like, we had one at one point, the... Where it's got the oh, handle, you push down and you can rinse it out, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, she came up with the mop that 
the mop head is just a bunch of strings, but it actually comes up off the mop. So you can actually take it, throw it in the washing machine. Oh, okay. It's like a washable mop, essentially. Yeah, it, like, which was revolutionary. And it's her going through QVC, and she's got this fucked up family life. And Robert De Niro plays her... I don't even think it's her real dad, but it's like her, the stepdad she's had since she was a, almost like a toddler. Um, and he's just a selfish butthole the entire movie. And the first part of it, her mom watches like nonstop, who also lives with her because she doesn't have a job. Watch, watches soap operas and they have like the first half of the movie there's a lot of bizarre cutaways to like 90s soap opera references yeah i think that's what people may be mentioning <laughs> which like, it's uh, a lot of weird because uh, it's of all nar- an odd narrative like it's dysfunctional i don't know soap opera actors i don't think susan lucci's in it that's probably the only soap opera actress i could name i'm shocked you're able to mention any but i guess we should have like almost like a backup knowledge of them considering how much our mom watched soap operas back in the day but it's a bunch of people i recognize like it, it's pretty much all like 40 somethings soap opera care actors and 50 somethings because i guess that's where it's based at sometime in the 90s um it's a hunk of shit honestly <laughs> like it's not good didn't like it it's got this it's so long and just so boring the entire way through it's not a it's and there, i've got no complaints why it's just not a good story Mm-hmm. And it could have been a, a relatively interesting story. Like, is Jennifer and or Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Lawrence up for the role because it's a great role for her, or is it because she's Jennifer Lawrence and they I want to nominate her for something? Oh, why she's nominated? Yeah, that I don't think she she definitely shouldn't win. I don't think she will. As a guy that usually goes pretty practical with my choices, I don't think she'll win. Yeah. And she should. It's she does a fine job, but it, it, there's just not much to it. Mm. It's not very good. It, definitely the worst movie I saw of the year. All right then. I, de- I and I. This was like the week I wasn't drinking at all. Oh so god, so such go a bad it, idea. You had to go into it sober too. It was like watching like my girlfriend get raped. It was like I need a drink. Like this entire movie is just diarrhea from start to finish and long and boring. I almost saw it in theaters, too. I'm glad, I'm glad I avoided that. That was the one that was available the first weekend that I was like, I'm going to run out to go see Joy. And Thankfully, I was like, oh, it's still kind of snowy on the ground. It'll be cold to to walk there. Next time we do an eat-off, the the loser should definitely, like, if I lose, I have to watch Danish Girl. If you lose, you have to watch Joy. Oh, man. It's, t- I, I almost, I'm like, I, I know feel you, like Danish Girl's worse than it's, Joy. Yeah, I was like, I know you say you hate Joy, but Danish Girl is like, at least that, you're like, oh, a soap opera actress, I reckon. There's nothing in Danish Girl. There's nobody. There's just <laughs> nothing. It's just, unless you're really invested in fucking Eddie Redmayne quivering over putting on nylon stockings, you're going to be shit out of luck for like the first 40 minutes of that movie. Ugh. All right. So we'll move on to a movie I think we both saw, I believe, uh, Brooklyn. Yes. Is the next one on there. Uh, I did see Brooklyn. I told you before I had seen Brooklyn. Yeah. Because I mentioned that uh, the chick from Arrow is in it mm-hmm. as one of the chicks in the, the house. Um, this is one that's nominated for Best Actress, Best Lead Actress, and then also for Best Picture. Um, and it's essentially a story of like an Irish girl who comes to America to start a new life, falls mm-hmm. in love, goes back to uh, Ireland briefly to... I believe it's the her sister dies kind of yeah. unexpectedly and while she's over there she starts falling in love again and she had already had a, a like quickie marriage in america to a guy she was dating at the time so it's like a little bit of a turmoil of 
you know, whether she stays in Ireland with this new guy she's dating or goes back. And Domo Gleason again? Um, <laughs> I think it is. It might be. What a weird year that guy's had. I mean, highly lucrative, I'm sure, but... <laughs> It's this was a tough one to talk about, if only because I remember I'm like, a point actually being like getting invested enough. I'm like, oh, don't stay here and marry this dickhead rugby player. <laughs> I was the complete opposite. I was like, why are you going back there? This guy takes care of you. He likes you. You're bridging the gap between the Irish and the Italian. They got the fat kid from the Cam Newton commercials. This <laughs> hilarious little brother who's just coming in with the jabs left and right. He's only he's got so that sh- one scene. Right? He's so sharp. I feel like he has another one in there, but. He, t- he makes note of every second he's on screen. Yeah. <laughs> he takes stage <laughs> He really, he steals the scene. He's the Jar Jar Binks of this movie and all the good things that can imply. Um, I, I, I can recognize I like it, but it's not, I mean, it's a love story, you know. Uh, if I had a girlfriend and this was a movie we had seen as a date, I'd have been like, there's a lot worse I could have seen. Yeah. Um. There's some decent writing in it that I like. I, there's a line in it that I am going to just try to crowbar in as many conversations as possible. It's when she's uh, first working at the department store and like a customer like, says something. She doesn't really have a response. So the customer's like, oh, okay, and just like kind of walks away and her boss comes by. And she's like, For Mad that, Men. Yeah. She's like, that can't happen again. She's like, oh, I'll try to make sure it doesn't happen again. She's like, no, there is no try. Do you try to put on panties every day? And I just love that line. Like, do you try to put on panties <laughs> every day? And I'm like, I need to find a way to just crowbar this into conversations. Like, hey, Mark, can you get that to me on Tuesday? Like, no, I'm going to try to do that. Don't try. Do you try to put on panties every day, Mark? Like, I think what? it's the closest thing to a curse word in that entire movie. There's not a lot. It's it's a relatively clean movie. I, I it's a movie I'd shake that show grandma. There's not there's not a whole lot of cursory uh, stuff in it, but it is a funny movie in the same way too. Like there's jokes in it. Yeah, I heard this comedian tell uh, a story where he's watched it with a buddy and both of their like thirteen, fourteen year old daughters, mm-hmm. thinking it was gonna be like a female empowerment movie, and then being like really uncomfortable at the sex scene. Oh yeah, it's like, I mean the sex scene, scene's pretty tame. Twenty seconds. Maybe. Yeah, it's not even graphic, really. No. And 90% of the story beyond that is just purely, like, romance. I mean, he's he's a dude, but he's he's definitely a lot more in touch with his, you know, in feelings yeah. and stuff. I mean, it's he likes like baseball. He's just like, That's yeah, really he's, about the only man. He's like, thing I don't... Like. Yeah, and it's, like, a big secret that he likes baseball. Like, it comes out, he's like, yeah, I kind of, you know, I like seeing the games at times. And she's like, oh, well, that's... That's okay. It's like, you know, he's always just like, look, I don't know, it's never like he's like, I want your hot rocking Irish body there, baby. Like, was in the book, his secret was like, oh, I'm a total booze hound. Yeah, like in the book. Like, he's it was like, something edgier, and he's they're like, like sometimes, sometimes I beat my wife. Sometimes I beat the women I love. It's, it's, it's I try. It's so hard. This is mom. They just, all oh, they burned so many dinners. I don't know what to do. His mom in a neck brace serving <laughs> lasagna. He's a good boy, though. <laughs> I just, see, she says I'm a good boy. She just, she validates me right here. Uh, it's decent, though. I, like I think the, she's good in it. Um, I heard the BBC is going to do a TV show just based on the, like, the board house meals. That, like, remember, those are kind of funny. I like, way. those were probably those, my those, favorite parts of the those movie. Those are pretty, I like, the, I love when the, the one girl leaves and they get, like, some new dorky girl. And uh, the it's main just character immediately comes, hateable. The, like. Yeah, like, the main character takes her. And you're like, okay, this is, like, you know, the former fish out of water scene, the new girl here, so she's going to stick up for her. And then she's, like, at the party with her for, like, five minutes. And she's immediately like, I'm just going to ditch you here. Yeah, she's like, I'm going somewhere real quick. And then just walks across the room and yeah. talks to other people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, just... 
immediately starts dancing with the boy, like, oh, they, they, things are gonna I wish I could remember the scene, but they, like, they introduced that character in one of those dinner scenes. Yeah. I forget, but it, like, immediately out of the gate, you're like, oh, this is a total bitch. She, uh, she was just an idiot or something <laughs> like that. She's like, do they really all wear suits and ties here? Like, just some <laughs> stupid-ass comment. <that laughs> like, everyone, every other fresh off the boat Irish turnip. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> every other girl at the table is just shitting all over them. They're like... You're way too Irish. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, what is this? They're like, I hear they have magical movies where you can go sit in the room with the box, please. <laughs> Cowboys and Indians. Like, you're just like, what yeah, is like, this? <laughs> like, we had a doctor in my town, at least. What are you? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, the Amish of the Irish showed up. and <laughs> She's like, do we have to wipe our butts with stones? So you're even like, I understand. And yeah. we, I don't know if I, I probably yeah, wouldn't have stayed. You're sympathetic with her at the start. Like, yeah, everybody, you got to stick up. It's, it's tough a, to come to a It's a country. church dinner. She's not going to get raped if you yeah. walk away. <laughs> it is great to see her immediately be like, to join up with the two girls who shit on her the first night. And just immediately go along with it. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, trust me. I'm and not going yeah, to judge you. Yeah, so they like take her back in the bathroom. Like, let's slut you up so you can get a guy and <laughs> leave here on your own. Like, I was, she went over and got, like, two cantaloupes to throw down her dress. Like, come on. It's basically that. It's essentially, like, that version of that. It's like, let's get some ruby lipstick on you. It'll you up a little bit. Yeah. So. Uh, I liked it. You know, and it's it's enough of the Irish kind of background. That that stuff, you know, obviously, I'm an easy target for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the old country. I like it. I like that. Uh, I like, God, what's her name? It's ridiculously Irish. Like, Ronanian. Uh, <laughs> let me pull it up. I feel like it's Ronan something. Uh, it is. Oops. Actress in a leading role. It is. Saros Ronan. Saros Ronan. Saros. I don't know. Yeah, we should look it up because it's got to be insanely Irish, that pronunciation. Yeah, Saros. I've never seen that before, but she's very good in it. I yeah, not she's be, excellent. I would love to say, like, definitely. The leading candidate of that group. Actually, you know what? I I'd have no problem with her getting I, it. Yeah, if she got it, I would not have an issue with it. Um, like, good for her. And she's got to be, like, 22. Like, Yeah, she's young as shit during it. Oh. Did just get a dis- uh, distressing announcement, though, from the Oscars. Oh, no. Best supporting actor went to Mark Rylance from uh, Bridge of Spies. Fuck, so. what? That's, oh, I knew that guy. God damn it. That sucks. Yeah, so no, oh, no that's Oscar so for Stallone. God damn it. Oh. He won the BAFTA too, and I got nervous. That's but, that's annoying. God. For, uh, we'll get to it when we get to Bridge of Spies, I guess. But, um, all right. We'll, move, we'll move on to this. Let's not, let's not I say we this. do a shot for Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. Uh, well, don't, don't wait too long. I'm not going to have another. We're both going to be drinking pretty soon. I've just peeked ahead on the list a little bit. Uh, next up, though, is Room. With okay. Brie Larson. I, I saw it. I saw it as well. This is one of the ones I saw early on. Uh, I would call this, of the movies up for Best Picture, I would say this is the one I'd be most comfortable with getting Best Picture. Because I think it is... Oh, really? Yeah. I Better than Steve Jobs? Well, Steve Jobs is not up for Best oh, I like yeah. Steve Jobs more than this yeah. movie, but of the ones up for Best Picture, I was like, this is one I can completely get behind for Best Picture. Because it is an insanely well done movie like it's shot well but it also tells a very interesting story it's essentially like an Ario castro kind of situation a girl's kidnapped kept by this guy he has you know he's raping her constantly and at one point she gives birth to a kid and she has to keep the kid in this room she's confined in and that's you know the movie for the most part um technically spoilers i guess if you're super concerned but halfway through the movie 
they escape. And the rest mm. of the movie is how do some how do people how does a girl who had a normal life and was kidnapped react to life on the outside then? And how does a kid who's known nothing else in his life but captivity and that that the room his world being that room react to the rest of the world who for the first 20 minutes i thought was a girl oh my god yeah and he's just the most annoying kid in the world like i the first 20 minutes of that movie i'm like this is my hell i'm like if, if i go to hell it's exactly gonna be this it's me confined into a room the size of like a decent sized bathroom and getting raped every night before you go to bed uh, you can even <laughs> take the rape bath you can take the systematic rape bath it's still that just a kid screaming all the time and i mean no, i don't know what things are nowhere to send him like there's nowhere you can go to yeah. get an escape from him you have no food of your own volition it's just whatever you get sent from him for being extra good at getting fucked that past yeah. month like oh it's so brutal it is an exceptionally well done movie though and this is this is actually i would not be surprised if brie larson gets best actress because she's phenomenal in yeah the movie. i would agree with that um the kid in it's you know particularly mm-hmm. well done because that's a role that could be destroyed if the kid sucked a, a tremendous amount of ass mm-hmm. um it has uh i thought i was hoping to see more of the william h macy yeah as that dad. Was, i kind of like it though that it ends in a way because it it, it it you know he shows up you know she gets released her father and mother show up it's revealed like they're no longer together and the father you know she's remarried and, and the then father I, like is maybe not the cause of them getting divorced, but I'm sure it had yeah, a big part. Yeah, definitely played a part in it. But then there's they're having dinner all together, you know, the the, the two, and then hinted the mom. that he probably turned to booze. Yeah, the mom yeah. and her new uh, husband, and then him, and the entire time he just won't address the kid at all. Yeah, and they don't they don't hammer it in like I can't do it because he reminds you of what happened to you. He never comments on why he won't talk to the kid. But it's clear that the daughter's picked up on it. She won't have it. And that's it. Like, he the, he leaves the table. He's asked to leave. And you don't see him again for the rest of the movie. There's no real yeah. closure in that. I kind of yeah. like that. I mean, it'd be nice to kind of yeah. see if something... Because it, it's not... Is This is a depressing movie. Like, to, you can't really dance around the yeah. fact it's a depressing fucking movie. But it does end Oh, I laughed the, the whole time. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is hysterical. This dumb bitch thinks this, this sick strategy is going to work. When's the rapist coming back? <laughs> Yeah, she thinks that he. Oh, he's super sick. Take him to the hospital. Like he has a thought. That By way. the way, a very minor character from Deadwood. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, I forget what his last name was, but he, he works for Swearinger in Deadwood. Oh, okay, um, but it, it it does have a happy ending to it, or at least a, a optimistic ending. Like it does suggest that the two of them, because the kid's completely reformed. He's now talking to people. He yeah. has friends, and the mom's finally getting her some of her shit back together. But they don't put any mention in about the father so you don't know if that yeah relationship changed. i mean a long period of time happens between that first event like two years or so so maybe he does lighten up on that it. story alone i think is like interesting like as a father to a daughter how do you learn to love like the son of the guy that raped your daughter yeah it's it's a brutal thought to to think on it's it, it's almost worth a movie in and of itself yeah but i guess i kind of like the fact that they don't harbor the rest of the movie i guess like better give it this little blip than try and hammer it into like an already like yeah like emotional plot don't try to act like the family is still the perfect nuclear family after all this has happened and and don't don't hammer it in enough that you take away the focus of trying to be like how does this girl relate to her world now knowing everything she had before completely is like just gone we get the stepdad who's introduced the kid like walks into the, his grandparents' place for the first time. It's like, oh, here's I forget what his name, Peter. 
Something like that, yeah. Here's Peter, and you see him at the end of the hallway covered in shadow. And he goes, hey. Yeah, he has kind of a shaggy shaggy look to him. And like a really nefarious intro to a character that was not (laughs) nefarious at all. No, like he's actually a super cool dude. Like it's probably my favorite scene. I thought of me like, oh god, this kid's going to get out of that basement and wind up in like some (laughs) pedophile's house. That sucks. That would be the most... uh, I don't know if I can make it through this. Another movie I can get through without drinking. (laughs) That that, that could be a tough one too to do that with. but I like it. It's almost maybe my favorite scene in the movie, though, where the dad has like a cute moment with the kid where he's pretending to play hide and see. Because the whole thing is the kid won't talk to anybody but his mom. Yeah. And his mom then has like a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Tries to commit suicide at one point or just OD. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure if it's clear. I forget if it was one way. I know they find her passed out in the bathroom, and I don't know if it's I think she was intentional just, or just trying to numb I don't herself. And it was think OD. so. Yeah, I think she was just over, but it was so recklessly so that it was yeah. a cry for help. Definitely. Uh, but then he has this cute scene with the kid where he's basically like doing one of those like, oh, I wonder who's around here. Well, I don't see anybody, so I'm going to have to go eat all these chocolate chip cookies by myself. I'm like, oh, this is pretty sweet. I like this. Oh, when he brings the dog in. Oh, yeah. He's like, I got a friend for you. It's like the This dog he's been talking about and this dog, you know, like, oh, this kid's vaccinations aren't right yet. It's probably not good for him to be around a dog, but oh, he's here. Oh, that's adorable. And he gives him the best description. He's like, he's small, full of energy, not very bright. Like, oh, that's yeah, adorable. But you can tell he was so likes much him. hot to this dog. Definitely not. Like, I was scared for ten it's minutes. Gonna like, this guy's gonna be diddling in. this guy, this kid, in like five minutes. He's like, have some hot cocoa, sexy. <laughs> it's like the room two. It's just him getting captured again. I'm like, oh god, why? I was like, oh, this movie. Was like, this was already so sad. Is this gonna get ten times sadder? Uh, At least Johnny never raped the kid. He bought him, like, toys and stuff. My fa- One of my odd notes, though, about this movie is the kid escapes, and, like, this is, like, halfway through the movie. They do this, like, kind of... A plan that I thought was doomed to failure, where she pretends the kid died from a fever, mm-hmm. rolls him up in a carpet, and he's meant to, like, is, like, unroll out of the rug in his pickup truck and then, like, leap out to safety. I assumed that would just doom to fail at some point. Like, yeah. He'd drop it. The kid would be like, ow! And be like, aha! Because I didn't think they'd get out of the room, period. Oh, thank but God. But he escaped. Yeah. yeah, thank God. He escapes. Thank God also runs into a dude who's, like, smart enough to be like, something's weird about yeah. this guy trying to grab this kid. So cops show up and take him in. And it's... I don't know if it's meant to be a sexist statement, like a, a pro-woman statement, but there's two cops. Female cop and a male cop. And it's like... The Dude, cop's oddest, like, let's just give him back to the guy. It's the <laughs> oddest situation of good cop, bad cop, where the, like, the female cop's like, where was this room, honey? You're so strong. You're so brave. And I don't comprehend why, but the male cop's just like, I don't fucking believe him. That kid's probably crazy anyway. Who knows what we could take seriously yeah. about him? He's got long hair. This, what an ugly-looking child this is. This adorable little tyke. Like, like just, just ignoring all just of his... Just shitting every comment he says over, like... Well, I don't, I don't know where. See, he doesn't know anything. Stop badgering him, Marjorie. Let's drop him off at that shady orphanage downtown. <laughs> yeah, let's go drop him off with that caregiver of his. I'm sure it's just a misunderstanding. <laughs> I just remember like, looking at that cop. I was like, what a weird role for this guy. Why are you so negative on this kid? Yeah, like you found a crackhead or something. Yeah, it's like, it's not some black guy you picked up from crack that you're just like... It's a boy some... that's got hair down to his ass. <laughs> in, <laughs> when... in like tidy whitey underwear... Yeah, it's odd. He clearly doesn't speak to people. You don't think this is enough of an oddity to maybe get a bit of the benefit of a doubt? But 
what else have we seen, or what else has come up so far that's getting nominated for Best Picture? Uh, other movies thus far besides Re- Revenant, Revenant, uh, Big Short, and Brooklyn. And this is set, we're essentially halfway through the Best Picture nominees at this point. Um, I like it. I, I would say I found uh, Brooklyn to be a little bit more enjoyable. I, I could certainly. I would I give that, I would give Brie Larson the nod though. I think there are better, more enjoyable movies, but in terms of a movie, I think made like from top to bottom the best. I think this is the one I found to be made. Okay. Best. Um, so we're gonna take a quick pause here because next up on our list is Carol. God so damn it! God damn it! We both have to go heat up some hot pockets, so we'll be right back, everybody. All right, now we're back from our misery-induced Sylvester Stallone's Oscar moment and. The third hot pocket apiece, I believe. Yeah. Oof. All right. So neither. And let's of us dwell on because neither of us saw this movie. Let's dwell on how much it sucks. Sylvester Stallone didn't win. <laughs> it's it's a pretty big bummer. I almost feel like waiting until Bridge of Spies comes up because I. Yeah, we. I, but I'd almost have like a foregone conclusion in my head. Oh yeah. It's it's sad because I I suppose I had to like silently realize this is our only opportunity to talk about Creed since it didn't get nominated for Jack. like that's the thing like I had it's 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 sort of like sitting here being like maybe Stannis does get to win and becomes the the leader of the realms like that idealistic hope that I still have knowing full well that's not how these things work yeah it's like Sylvester Stallone's the only nomination nomination Creed had throughout the entire thing it was almost like a kind of gimme thing to it it almost seemed like maybe he wouldn't get it especially because you're like it's a dude who's been defined by and large, throughout his years, as being like an action star, yeah. like they don't want to give it to him, but I, yeah, I definitely would have loved to have seen him got it because he absolutely pulled out a performance that deserved it. And I, he's nominated, which is great, and it doesn't take anything away from the performance. But I, I would like to have seen him gotten that kind of recognition because I do feel he's earned it. Because I've heard, could you do me a favor and look up what he did get? I think he might have won for writing Rocky, the first one. I know he definitely didn't get it for acting in it. Yeah, well, one best picture, so he would have gotten it for that because he would, he wrote and directed Rocky, didn't he? I I don't think he directed it, but he wrote it definitely. Then yeah, he would have gotten it for that. Well, I mean, I guess he would have. I guess you can just double check real quick. Oh, uh, let's see. Instead of all Academy this, Academy Awards. Mikey, I thought of. <laughs> uh, one best picture, best director, best film at. Uh, it was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role, so he was nominated. Uh, he was nominated for Best Writing as well. Can you so just he didn't he didn't can you win. just Google does Sylvester Stallone no, technically have an Oscar? He does not have an Oscar. He doesn't have it for right. Maybe he because Best Picture went to Erwin Winkler, Robert Chartoff. Uh, best Director was John Avildsen, and uh, the writing was just a nomination. Because I've heard that. Uh... Part of the thing is, like, maybe if it's, like, a coin flip on who should get it, they, like, the Academy actually looks at, like, well, who's made Hollywood money over the years? Mm-hmm. And Sylvester Stallone's got to be, like, a leading category. Like, I don't know, have, have you seen the first Rocky? Yeah, I've seen all the Rockies. Like, have you seen I, the first one? I need to I haven't seen the, the first, first one, one in probably, like, five or six years, but I have seen it. Yeah. But I've heard it's, like, a phenomenal movie, and I do remember liking it a lot, mm-hmm. but I think, I, I don't think I've seen it in probably, like, ten or twelve years from start to finish. yeah. I mean, it's been a while, but I do recognize High school, maybe even younger. It's been a while. I've seen the other ones, like Rocky three, 2 through 4 pop up on cable pretty ran- regularly. Mm-hmm. Ironically, the best one doesn't show up a ton, but... that I mean, like, who's done... It feels like he's paid his dues. But the good news is, 
he doesn't spoiler alert if you haven't seen creed sylvester stallone does not die at the end so potentially he still has another and there's it's pretty much guaranteed they're making a sequel right mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's already been confirmed that they are. So he does get another bite at the apple. It's not, it if is, he'd have died I, in that movie, this would be fucking heartbreaking. Well, then they couldn't. I feel like he could. If he died in the movie, maybe that would even be what they had to go with him then. But, as long as he doesn't yeah. Adrian and die in between movies. Yeah. That, oh, that would just be killer. I don't know if I can even see the next Creed. They're like, Rocky died in between movies. God, you like, did it to Adrian? Fuck? You did it to Polly? <laughs> Does everybody from the old movies just die in between movies now? How come in the original four you killed somebody off every movie? Right. I could have lived without seeing like Mickey die like a bitch. Like, you suck, Rocky. You're never going to beat that giant black behemoth. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's move on here. Uh, next up is The Martian. We both saw it, I'm saw, pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I dug it a lot. It's it's a, like a popcorn it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's not particularly heavy, despite the fact it deals with a heavy topic. Yeah. Uh, but I still enjoy it, I think, the performances. There. It's pound for pound probably the most stacked movie on this list, too. Matt Damon, Jessica Chastain. Oh, the cast is obscene. Like, J- Chitwale, whatever you pronounce his name. Way Jeff too Daniels. many. Daniels. Like, you just, you'd be doing it forever. I mean... Way, way too many characters. It's it's an absurd amount of people in it, but almost all of them put in a good, great performance. Yeah. There's no one I'm like, Ugh, what a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, the only waste I of mean, time... I mean, there's storylines I wish had been more condensed. Like, I don't need, like, the whole, like, moral dilemma. Like, do we tell the crew he's still alive? Like, just fucking tell him. Why does this have to be a back and forth thing? They and, have the internet up there. <laughs> it's not like... And the odd... The oddest last... He's getting emails, yeah. for fuck's sake. Like, And the oddest last-minute thing of, like, oh, and Rooney Mara and Sebastian Stahn's characters are going to get together. Like, what? Where did this come from? Michael Pena's, like, Skyping his wife. Like, how would he not eventually find out anyway? I didn't quite understand uh, why they went with that decision at the end. But, favorite scene in the movie has to be the Lord of the Ring reference with... Fucking Boromir sitting right in, or Baldomir oh, sitting so right Sean in the room. Bean, Sean yeah. being in the room during like a hardcore. I didn't get it because I didn't read the books. Mm. I saw the movies, but I don't know them well enough to have gotten that whatever the word was. Do you remember? I don't remember off the top of my head now. It was whatever. It was, I guess it was the Fellowship actually had a nickname. Yeah, no, I don't remember it. But that's what because he that's he what the it. Indian guy wanted to call it, and then Jeff Daniels named something even nerdier that I don't remember. <laughs> And Sean Bean's just sitting there like, yeah, like, oh, that's fucking tits. Sean Bean. Look at this, Sean Bean has... As the good guy who doesn't die, but his career is killed. So yeah. it's kind of But like Joe's in playing golf. I looked him up, like, just to make sure, like, he didn't get into, like, crystal meth afterwards. And, like, his story got way sadder. I looked it up to make sure that wasn't the, the, the case. I think he's based on a real guy. Oh, you're you know right. we haven't landed okay. on Mars, oh, right? Shit. You're right. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm sorry, I get, I'm getting movies confused. <laughs> I was about to be like, Mikey, did you think The Martian was real? I I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of politics on the news. Maybe <laughs> it slipped in there and I missed it. <laughs> we just snuck in on Mars real quick. <laughs> we landed on Mars. Now back to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> the nation's ravished on day 400 of the astronaut stranded on Mars. Now back to Donald Trump farting his way to the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> It's just you're like, oh, you poor sport, as you're on the treadmill at the gym. Well, the elliptical, the one that's got dicks for handles. Oh, you big sorry goofball! It's like Russian roulette with my face. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it's I think it's really good. There's a couple moments. Like the writing for the most part's really good, but there are a couple moments that annoy the shit out of me. Like when he's like, um, you know, resource slope. So I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this. Yeah. It's like, Ugh. yeah. But by and large, I thought a really well done movie. Like, the only the only complaint I have is just that it's like a family friendly movie because mm-hmm. it's kind of weird that a movie about a dude stranded on his planet doesn't have him dealing more with like the impending morality. Being lonely and yeah. And then the thing that really bothered me is they show the scene of the other astronauts because you know spoilers you haven't seen it, but the plan becomes. We, the astronauts who were left in behind unintentionally, are going to try to slingshot their impending return trip home to ricochet them back towards Mars to make an impromptu grab and then return home. The possibility of which that they fail the supply drop will mean all five of them die. And even if they do succeed, will add like another year or so to the time they're in space. Should be a situation because at least two to three guys in that crew have families yeah and they have a meeting to discuss whether or not they'll do it not a single person poses even an objection not even not even saying they won't do it but even the countering point of like oh this is going to be so rough for my family all of them are like let's do it yeah for fucking matt damon's character Woo! high five high five high five all around it's not like guardians of the galaxy like all these people like of course we have to do this you know one person like how would i just jump off when we've hit earth (laughs) I feel like Matt Damon seems like a pretty cool guy. I feel like he'd understand, like, oh, I've already missed three of my daughter's birthdays. Why don't I go to one of them? I do, yeah, I understand the chances of me surviving this are ungodly low, and we're spending billions of dollars, hundreds of billions probably by the end of this to get me back home. I don't really evaluate my life as being worth that much. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's still, it's an exceptionally good movie. Um, I don't know if I quantify matt damon's character as being the best no, actor. yeah i would, I would say he's odd. pulling down like the lower end of these rankings for me definitely yeah. um i felt too many quips personally but i get why uh, one thing like i don't like guardians of the galaxy or some of those some even the marvel ones where the villains like super quippy or the i'm sorry the hero's super quippy but i get why most people do kind of like that because it makes them a little bit more relaxed and more fun enjoyable yeah. mine it's kind of that element kind of got him under and it's a lot of the it movie is takes him away from the drama blogging but i still enjoyed it it was it was a decent i saw it at the two dollar colonial park mall movie theater oh okay so it's like gross floors with like padding on the chairs all torn poop up on your, yeah. poop in your popcorn but for two bucks what the fuck <laughs> well, i mean like what am i gonna do complain <laughs> but um i liked it enough it was a good movie yeah i don't I, have a problem with it being on that list it's I, solid all around if it, the fact that it's nominated because it's in one of those um token spots that they've started giving out now that they've expanded the best picture lineup from like it was five at one point in time for as four to long five as, I remember. as like yeah and then like all of a sudden one year they're like all right well now we'll do eight and then it became like 10 at one point yeah and from that grouping they essentially were like all right we can still nominate those five movies we were going to before but now we can throw like one or two picks out for movies that were popular throughout the year that people are going to complain that we didn't nominate otherwise yeah. So this The Martian being one of those, I completely am fine with. I think it is a movie that's good enough to be in the Best Picture nomination. I wouldn't consider it a Best Picture, no. but I still enjoy it. I wouldn't consider enough. Best Picture, Best Actor. Yeah, but I still enjoy it enough to be able to be like, oh, I'm glad I saw it. It's a it's fun, a fun movie. movie. Yeah, yeah exactly fun. Yeah. So next up on the list is Mad Max Fury Road. 
We both saw. Both saw that. Uh, we talked about. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast at all. I I like Fairy Road. I think it's fine. I haven't seen any of the Mad Max movies, uh, but I do not really quite understand why it's up for Best Picture. I think mean, it's a fine movie. I mean, it's stunning to look it's, at. It's visually stunning. I think next to Revenant, it's probably the most stunning movie. Oh I've yeah, seen this I mean, year just to look at. Yeah, the the, the director is an absolute genius. It, it I think it. He's seventy three year old Frank Miller, not yeah, Frank Miller. Frank Miller, uh, George something George Miller. George Miller, yeah. who filmed it in the desert with almost no CGI to it, almost all practical yeah. effects. Well, you know, considering some of the action scenes in it, it's you know, it's absolutely music. In all those ways, it absolutely is a great movie. It's just one that has like next to no plot or character yeah. to it. It's, and it's not to say that the characters in it are bad. They're just not interesting to me. Which are the Mad... Have you seen any of the yeah, others? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Mad it Max. It is so kind of Mad Max. Way. It's a lot of stuff... It, it's a lot of like... To call it eye candy is kind of uh, like dumbing it down too much. But it's a lot of stuff that's supposed to be visually impressive. There's not a lot to dig through as far as story. It's usually just set up like this guy's bad or these guys are bad these guys are less bad at least yeah maybe good yeah mad max is kind of like a a little bit of an angel you're not going to get a ton of hero. this guy's story you're not going to get a ton of anyone's story but you'll you'll figure out who's after who and who you, you're supposed to root for yeah and, but it's a lot of it, it's a lot of very cool stuff and in a cgi heavy world for like those kind of movies it's it's beyond impressive that yeah i mean it's it's done that and I, I'm not an action like I would like the idea of sitting through Fast and Furious Nine or whatever's coming up sounds like just oh, pure yeah. hell. Um, and it is essentially like that same sort of thing where it's like an hour and a half long car chase. Yeah, essentially. It, it's and, exactly it's compelling what it is. all the way through. Like it's a cool they're very seldomly movie. stationary throughout that movie. Yeah, I like that. The only thing I find so odd is uh, Furiosa herself is being praised as like one of the greatest. You know great representations of female character like strong female characters in the movies recently and like my only issue with the movie is like it's so weird to me that in every other person in this world has put on a wacky accent or voice or something and Charlize Theron is the one motherfucker in this world who just talks normal and she's like South African or something yeah everyone else it'll be like witness witness and testify the great blowing and like yeah. the, even the girl like even like the girls in the truck are like you seething girls and fuck no and then like, Therese Theron's like we're gonna have to all get on the truck and get going like <laughs> it's like what you fill her up buddy like, you can put on even like a silly act like something what is this uh, everyone else is a caricature it seems like a practical mean? choice because everybody else is a character like here's one person and Tom Hardy barely talks throughout the movie yeah and I I didn't even I thought he wasn't even gonna call himself Max in the movie until like at the very end obviously he reveals his name yeah I, th- I think it's it's gutsy I like you know pushing the female character um that hard in a movie like that um uh, yeah I like it all the way around and I'm not I, I'd say it's my favorite of the Mad Max movies because a lot of the others are really kind of gross for for unnecessary purposes and this one is too but it's you know with a way bigger budget and it's just more impressive to watch so there you go man next very road uh next on the list is bridge of spies saw that one as well i did too uh i liked it this guy was gonna be my next pick for best support for best actor okay, so best supporting actor yeah he, he is good he didn't i mean he's good he didn't blow me away though i mean he's probably only in 20 minutes of the movie yeah because there's he's a decent. big chunk that he's not in which i think is kind of the weakest part of the movie but he's good i mean and this is a fine movie um 
it's, when you... it's a lot like Captain Phillips to me in a way, though. Did not see. Which, uh, one of my issues with Captain Phillips is, and it, it, it strikes more with Captain Phillips because there's a living, dissenting, opposite opinion of it. But in Captain Phillips, Captain Phillips is the one right motherfucker on a crew in an entire world of people who are kind of there to basically be obstacles in his way of being right. And it's the same thing sort of here. Like, I I like it when my history shows that there's flaws in every person. In this movie, it's Tom Cruise's character is the one right motherfucker on this entire planet. Like, everyone he works with is a villain. And they're all trying to impede his progress in it. Everyone he's working for in the American embassy don't want to get both guys out. They the don't, want to, get the art, out. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to get the art student out. Everyone he works with in the Russian department, they have fake families trying to, you know, con him with deception and bullshit. And, con, and Tom Hanks has to sort of lie to, like, the embassy, like, yeah, sure, just that one guy, but we, yeah. uh, the uh, second guy, if we can get him. Yeah. It's, it's... And they're like, no, not fuck the second guy. <laughs> fuck I, the second how many, I don't know how much clearer I can make this. <laughs> fuck the second guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just some hippie college kid. Fuck him fuck. right in his asshole. <laughs> get the pilot back. Get the guy with our secrets. <laughs> And we're going to treat him like shit when we get him back, too. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be real assholes about this. Like, even his wife's like, whatever his character's name is, I've forgotten yeah, at this cares. point. Like, Tom, why you can't, stop doing this. You can't represent this Oh, because the Soviets have him, like, doing a video where he's, like, untreated well or some shit. Yeah. Well, she, she or has, writes letters. She has the very issue with the fact that, because he, Tom Cruise, or Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks plays a character who is a lawyer. He failed in committing suicide. And uh, he tries, he's defending a accused spy. Soviet and he's spy. accusing him. He's defending him well. He's not just giving it a cursory defense. He's trying to actively prove that the you know the allegations against him are wrong. The methods they used against him are were inadmissible in court. You know, not it's, because it's his specialty. He's an insurance yeah, lawyer who just got drafted in the bar to defend this guy. Yeah, it's, he's just that good of a dude. And the, again, everyone else in the world is against him on this. Even his wife's like. You can't do this. Clearly, he's a shithead. Yeah. It's just like, is there no one in this movie that's right besides Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks? And Tom Hanks still doesn't like not admit this guy's probably a spy. Yeah. He's like, like let's just stop him from getting executed. He's like, who cares? It's not about that. It's about the liberties. I'm like, I completely agree. But for God's sakes, can this guy not be the one messiah of rightness in this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it's a it's it's a very good movie. Like it, you know, Tom Hanks is a great actor. Um, the, the the locations they set up for it. Would you say scene, you would say great? I think he's good in the movie. Yeah. Well, I, would you say I, the movie's great? I think the movie's good. I don't think it's great. I I definitely wasn't blown away with it. Um, I would say good, and but when you think of the pedigree, directed by Martin Scorsese, no Steven Spielberg. St- sorry, Steven Spielberg. Sorry, starring sorry. Tom Hanks, written by the Coen Brothers. Yeah, when you like had the this was to this that. should have been like a phenomenal like I'll talk about this for years movie, like I don't even know like maybe the next there will be blood or the next uh, like it's an interesting idea. no land for like me. it's interesting story no country for old men like this is gonna be like a really great movie and it's just pretty good yeah it's like an interesting story within history to talk about it's anticlimactic it, it's definitely like, the trailers all felt very suspenseful and there's almost there's no, no suspense in no, this movie like there's no mystery oh to some guy stole like tom that. hanks's coat like day one that sucks yeah <laughs> like the actual scene of the bridge of spies is why are there intense. german tufts this close to the capitol building <laughs> but it's just one that i don't know by the end of it i was like it's okay but it's 
seems like I could, I definitely wanted a lot more from it. Yeah, it, le- it left. Yeah, it was not. It should have been great, and it yeah. was just pretty and it, good. And it's sad because I feel like this is almost somewhat of the thing Tom Cruise is starting to become known Tom for. Hanks. Tom Hanks. I don't know why I kind of call him Tom Cruise. Because uh, he went from, say, Mr. Banks, where he played a very pleasantly displayed version yeah. of Walt Disney. It was by Walt Disney. You knew sense. it wasn't going to be like... Yeah, it wasn't going to be like, fuck the Jews anyway about this poppin' play. <laughs> <laughs> Which I want that movie to get, get you want, made. You want the Steve Jobs by movie, anybody Michael Fassbender Steve Jobs, essentially. Yeah, I want that one, not like the Oliver Stone one where he makes out where he's like gay and racist. And <laughs> like... Just the one that's well, like, let me suck your dick, you dirty Cuban whore. Like, oh. But the one was like, he's a genius. Also kind of a racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, like, and, and then Captain Phillips, which I felt was a lot of the same way, and now this one where I'm just like, all right, can I, can we get Tom Cruise in a role with a little bit of a, a gray area to it as opposed yeah. to just... Besides being, the Carly Rae Jespin video. Yeah, which is fantastic. We all agree. <laughs> I really, 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 really like Why it. is this not up for Best Picture? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, why sure. are we still talking... Uh, all right, we're coming down to our last ones then. Uh, Trumbo. Love Trumbo. Did I didn't see it. Oh, yes. <laughs> Greasy pig, eat that hot pocket. I'll be right back. All right, so there we go. I did my Trumbo shot. <clears throat> Love Trumbo. Next to, um, it's not nominated for Best Picture, but next to uh, Steve Jobs, probably my favorite movie of the year. Loved it. It looked really good, and I wanted to see it. I decided at the last moment I wanted to see I was going to see Danish Girl ahead of it just so I I knew you had already seen Trumbo you had mentioned Mm -hmm. it so I was like alright I'll just see Danish Girl so at least one of us has seen it Yeah. but I'll go see Trumbo while I was down my plan was to see it while I was in Tampa without him because I was like he's not going to want to see Danish Girl he might want to see Trumbo and then I find out when I got down there he has no cable (laughs) or any way to watch television and I was like Alright, so we really tough to try to force like a rental out of this and it really wasn't the time for it. So I just didn't get the chance to see it. But it it <clears throat> seemed based on premise, like, you know, I love Brian Cranston. Loved it. I mean it's it's kind of a like it might be it might be very faithful to the the person, um, but it's it's a, almost like a Capote esque kind of you know, even though he is straight, but it, it's still like, you know, the cigar holder or cigarette holder, like the black panther, like oh, the yeah. pink panther smokes. Like a little like the old lady pipe almost. Yeah, a lot of very like Tyrion Lannister kind of dry wit uh, quips back and forth. Um, Plays it sort of like a, like an effeminine kind of thing to it or? Yeah, more than, I mean like. Not in, like, not like. In the context of gay. Hollywood, it doesn't stick out. But yeah. like, if, not, I'm not saying he's like flaming. Like, oh, Philly Goose. If you but... worked with a guy like this, you'd definitely be like, oh, he's queer as hell. Like, <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it, it's it's based on the the blacklist from the '50s in in Hollywood, where the Committee for Un-American Activities, I think, is what they were called, which is like such a crazy name. So it's like such a dark spy <clears throat> name or something. Joe, like but that. that's like Joe, like Mac- a McCarthyism or something. Like a bunch of politicians just got together, anti-communist, and just dragged people out of Hollywood. Michael Stuhlberg uh, plays, um, oh God, what's his name? G. G- Edward G. Robinson. Okay. <clears throat> Who is who? Uh, Clancy Wiggum's character. <laughs> yeah, that's based on a lot of his. That's not how he talked, but that's how he talked. And like, any time he played a gangster, that was the kind of the character he took. Um, 
but he plays a, an actor and the committee would bring him forward and there was enough like anti-communist uh, press personified by this one woman who wrote a paper that was very anti-communist in LA but it was read by 30 million people back in the 50s yeah, okay. which was a huge number and John Wayne not in it plays uh, like the president of the act like SAG and they basically like they decide who works and as soon as you get outed as a communist if you don't immediately flip over and give up all information you have you're just not going to work <clears throat> and his character is officially banned from working but without going in it like starts writing underground for John Goodman who makes uh, <clears throat> like he's got Oscar nominations under his belt uh, what's his name um, Brian Cranston's character uh, Dalton Trumbo and now he can no longer work under his name no one will hire him so he works for a John Goodman character who basically makes oh squid monsters from Alcatraz Oh, so he's like a fucking like uh, a ghostwriter for bullshit, like a Roger Corman kind of like, yeah movies exactly, but we'll all make tons of money and you know kind of, but that's just what he has to do to stay alive. Louis C.K. plays like kind of a, oh, right. Louis, a Louis C.K. Senate. Yeah, he plays not in a, a ton, but he's a co-conspirator, like a guy that also got racked with the same kind of thing, <clears throat> and he's in it uh, a decent amount. Um, <clears throat> Uh, the one criticism I saw for the movie is it kind of down... It almost made, like... It makes it look like communists in America weren't a problem at all, and this was all overblown. When it's like, well, no, there were communists that actually, like, tried bombing factories and stuff. It's like... I get that, but it, it wasn't in Hollywood. It wasn't where these guys decided to, to make their battle. It's a very good story. I'd highly recommend. Cause I'm I'll gonna, probably... I don't want to go... I've already given away too much, I'll but... I'll probably watch it independently. <clears throat> Highly recommend. So. There's a cameo in there that is phenomenal. Oh, excellent. So I look forward to that. Uh, so I, I would highly let me know when you see that. All right. And then uh, we finish off with the last movie on our list, the last movie nominated oh, for Best Picture. fuck. Spotlight. God damn it. God you, damn it. You didn't see Spotlight? <laughs> no, I didn't see Spotlight. You didn't see Spotlight? I was going to see it after. <laughs> All, right, All right. Hold on. You need, you need to eat this hot pocket. <laughs> we're back. We're going to try. It's really more of a two-shotter. <laughs> All right, we're back. That's a difference maker. Like, you can really enjoy that in two sips. One sip, still like, ugh. Doing it four shots in, too, after yeah. four Hot Pockets. I might have another one, honestly, but... Just as an enjoyment one. The Hot Pocket or the... Or the <laughs> yeah, the Hot Pocket. <laughs> There's another box upstairs. You know what I'd say? Not quite as bad when I, I hulked it and just split it in half <laughs> and attacked it from both sides. Do you wish you'd seen Spotlight, then, instead? I tell you, I finished... Um, Joy was the last one I saw, and then I was like, "Well, shit." There's only four more that I haven't seen, and it kind of takes all the fun out of it. I thought at first I was like, "I'm gonna watch them all," and Chris will have seen none of them. That stupid goober, <laughs> that, <laughs> that idiot. He'll have seen only the Revenant. He'll completely forgot. And then I'm thinking, like, how much time he spends at home in front of a computer? He'll definitely get around to it. I mean, he just watched like nine episodes of Friends on a whim. Like, he'll definitely yeah, on, see it. on like an afternoon. I was like, "Oh, let's do this while I'm doing some other things." How was it? Uh, it's really good. It is, is it? It is a very good movie. I mean, the cast is phenomenal. Rachel Adam, uh, McAdams, uh, Mark Ruffalo. I kind of wish Michael I'd seen King. that instead of Bridges Spies. It, it is better. Spies. It, it's a really good movie. It's It's got great acting to it. It's got really great scenes to it. It's all, you know, it, if you don't know, it's a movie about essentially like the slow discovery of the uh, Catholic Church sex scandal. Um, yeah. Restrained entirely within this movie to just Boston. Because um, that's where the news kind of breaks yeah. out. Um, 
but there is like a lot of really great scenes to it um like the best one for me is like the scene where they're they're having a conversation they've just kind of started to discover this is a real thing and they're talking with like a a, a source of theirs and they're like i forget his name i'll just call him mitch for the purposes like hey mitch uh we we have reports that there are about uh like 16 priests in the boston area who are touching kids does, does that number sound right to you and he's like no nah, no that doesn't sound right at all that sounds really low like wow. how many are there uh i would say there's probably more about like 90 and like there's just deafening silence in the room as everyone's wow. like oh jesus christ um great scenes throughout it though what, what's the year it's ba- like is it early on when those start coming out yeah it's it's i think this, this gotta be must like the late be like, 80s maybe yeah this must be like right upon the cusp of it coming out because they don't have much else to work with mm-hmm. in regards to it and it's it also kind of functions the idea because it takes place in boston like a heavy kind of irish community to it mm-hmm. that the city starts trying to almost obstruct their research into it who's in it besides uh mark ruffalo uh rachel mcadams Ed- would be sort of like the secondary lead in it she's another and Nord's not in it is he no, uh, Michael Keaton's in it though. Oh. He's, he's the head of the newspaper, or like their at least their group. Uh, and there's they almost play a little bit into the idea that he might kind of sabotage the story a little bit for um, the sake of his career. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, there's a little bit of the idea on that, but it, it it's a really well done movie. I don't remember everything about it. It's one that I had to watch while I was doing something else, so every detail kind of slipped through. It's one I kind of want to sit again and watch again. The most sobering moment in it though is at the end of it. It's like a cut to, um, like, there were so many cases about people, you know, priests in the Boston area, but there were also priests in these areas, too. And it's, like, three straight screen ripes of, like, oh. 50 locations in a row in the U.S., oh. and then this into different countries. You're like, oh, good God. It, it's just devastating it's like the last three minutes in the movie or just every location or oh, wow. sexual abuse report has been that sucks in. it's pretty brutal um but they're, they're, it's still a really well done movie you know um i wouldn't put it on like the same level as like I, you know like Room steve jobs or steve jobs i think those are movies that i think just were more compelling to me or more interesting but this one's still really well done okay um and it's definitely worth a watch i'm not crazy on mark ruffalo's boston accent but maybe that's just because when i hear one it from somebody who I know is in Boston, mm-hmm. it's hard not to just hear it as a forced accent. But I still really enjoyed it. Okay, I'll so, definitely check that out then. Yeah, I think so, it might be in Redbox now. Probably. I guess see that and Straight Outta Compton. We both probably should see it. Uh, but that's it. That's our our Oscar movie death pact. We went into this having seen uh, you had seen two movies that were nominated in that list, and I had seen. Just what the Revenant. Revenant and Mad Max, you'd already seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the end of it, we both had seen ten movies. How do you... Do you regret doing it? Do you like it? It makes me glad I did, because I probably would have just been okay with, like, the Revenant flag-waving going into this. You'd be like, it was a pretty good movie. But after seeing all of these... Like, I wish I had seen them all uh, last year beforehand. This might be, like, something I keep doing. Uh year in year out because that there were a few movies like i remember by the end afterwards like months later seeing like birdman and you're like this wasn't really that good why the fuck were this many people talking about this movie mm-hmm. and um it's like a cool level of being informed but it's not terribly time consuming if you know i would be happier with six maybe 
Aussie, best picture picks. Yeah, eight Aussie feels extraneous, especially since it. The Academy is a bunch of old white guys who. I don't know what like you're talking about, but I don't know how the fuck. Based on your description, I don't know how Danish Girl gets anywhere near. Well, it's not best picture. It's only for best actor. Oh, okay. So I guess you can kind of get it because it's a man who. Try, he does. He is. I mean, convincing in his own way. It's just extremely cringy to watch him like putting on nylon stockings and being like, Ooh, like he's a ghost. The, you describing it, I'd be. I was tempted I, to pick up my phone. Like, is this shit for real? I, is this I really. What I this almost movie was wish about? I could find like a. Oh, God, I, if I if I had more time, I'd try to like pull up. Someone actually pulled up a, a shot of the script where it says like. I forget his fucking actual name's like something ridiculous in the movie, but it's like Eduardo pulls on the nylons and bites his lip and quivers as he oh. feels it against his skin. It's just like, oh, this is so weird. Like it's not weird because it's a transsexual, just weird because it's like being presented as like this emotional thing when it's clearly just like I like I don't, I don't know. It's it's just seemed it's just not a well done scene. Wow. And it just comes off really cringy and weird. Like hmm. just a very silly weird scene. How do you um, feel? I liked it a lot. I'm I'm glad I've seen a lot of these movies because there are a lot here. I I probably wouldn't have seen this Steve Jobs movie. I probably wouldn't not have for been a while. List. Like HBO, maybe down the road, I'd have caught it. Something like that, and then maybe not have had any of the anywhere near the impact. It does make me reconsider what got nominated for Best Picture a lot more too. Because if if you gave me the same option, because before I couldn't have put together a top ten of 2015, like. I could have put ten movies on there, but like Age of Ultron and Ant Man would have been on there just from the sheer fact that I wouldn't have anything else to put in those spots. Yeah, but I feel like I could actually now construct like a legitimate top ten. If of you last came year. to me and said, <clears throat> "Look, <clears throat> you either eat eight hot pockets in an hour, or Revenant's going to get nominated for Best Picture and not Steve Jobs," I'd have been like, "All right, line them up," because <laughs> it, it does make because I don't like the idea that like actually being able to say like there's movies here that were and revenant's a very good movie yeah revenant's revenant's a good movie but it's very solid best movie of the year but they're like steve jobs like i immediately thought like phenomenal phenomenal yeah great performances start to finish not too long totally engaging every absolutely worth a rewatch at some point in time like worth owning if i was it made me wish i knew more about computers while i was watching that to like understand some of the stuff and why it's impressive want to know more about their relationship knowing full well wozniak was like a consultant on the movie and things like that you know how much is played up to you know he commented he's like look none of those exact conversations ever took place but the time frame you got as close to that guy as Steve Jobs as you're going to get in like yeah. an hour and a half. I, I don't think there's ever a situation where he literally told Wozniak to go fuck himself in yeah. front of an auditorium full of Apple employees. No, that but... scene is so cringy too. It's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. But you still like, you're able to watch and, and get that same notion of even if you're like, yeah, this is fantasy a little bit. Um, but like seeing the movies that did get nominated you're like yeah i get it it's it's the academy's a lot of old white guys who pick the movies they find to be the most artistically appealing and then at the end of it when they've picked six or so they like and we'll throw a couple of these ones out for the other people and you're like oh that's why martian and mad max are on this list you know it's it's being able to look back and be like if you gave me that same option of like 
all right, you have to put the artistic movies out there for Hollywood, but you get to pick two other movies to put on there, mm-hmm. I definitely would have been like Creed and Inside Out over Mad Max yeah. and, and The Martian in a heartbeat. Yeah, I liked... Uh, and those are both movies I like, but I, I think if you're yeah. going to look at Best Picture, those are two I definitely would point at more. Yeah, I would say so. If you're going to have that many nominees, it seems unfair to put them into like popcorn kind of movies where yeah. you could nominate stuff that... Me- like, I don't... It baffles me why Creed isn't a nominee. Yeah. And I liked it, and there's movies I liked more than that, definitely. But there's movies on there that just have no, like, they have no No weight to it, or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to think about The Revenant really again. You don't have to change me seeing a movie, but you gotta give me something that, like, I really need to chew over. If I can't talk about the movie afterwards, if there's nothing to, like, dwell on afterwards and what's you know if i go like that was fun if that's it then that's you know there's plenty of movies like that out there and god bless them all but didn't need to be nominated for best picture yeah when something like creed doesn't get nominated yeah when the purpose of art is almost meant to kind of and something like inside out doesn't get not is has still gets regulated to best animation. yeah which is such a horseshit thing that just like for which there's you just call it the pixar award on every odd year because that's when there's a pixar movie up every so often they'll have a bunch of horseshit and rango will get instead or some bullshit dreamworks but i don't think there's any movie even though the movies i love even of like the room or or, you know any of those movies nominated in their list that i love even then i still don't think any of them are a better written movie than inside out because that's a movie i look like from top to bottom is just like flawlessly written across the board so, like, for something for that not to be nominated, and not even just for Best Picture, but it's not nominated for Best Writing or anything like that either. Heavier like, heavier than I, I'd like in a, for, like, kind of a Pixar animated movie, but as gutsy a decision as I could say in a movie. And, to like, flawlessly executed. Make it that many layers of, like, what is happiness? What is your happiness? Yeah. Did try to tell, teaching children the lesson of... Are you, you letting need, sadness have its day? Like, yeah, just, you need to let it... Yeah. So many shit, like, wow, I really didn't expect an, to think... As this. an adult, I left that theater being like, holy shit, I got taught a lesson today. I'd see a lot of movies that... The movies I do like are the ones that tend to make me think during it. Like, a movie that ma- that makes me feel that much, like really evaluate my personality and what I live on Yeah, is crazy. And the giant coupon-made Rodan that terrorizes all my <laughs> eyes. It's like, stop spending money! What are you doing? How much did you spend on Hot Pockets? He'll go away. We just have to get the store brands for a little bit. <laughs> Alright. Anything else you want to bring up before we close it on out here? I got a few. Let's, um... I got a... I looked this up. Did I? I probably didn't send you this link. When Marlon Brando won the Oscar for Godfather One, Best mm-hmm. Supporting Actor, mm-hmm. in '84, at the time he had like fallen in with this kind of a, uh, like a Native American charity. I think I you may have did send me this. Continue though. And it's been it's been featured on Simpsons, which is where I kind of know it parodied as. But um, he won it for Godfather, Best Supporting Actor, and he didn't show up and sent a native american like uh, like 20 year old woman in his place to try and give what he wrote like a five page speech about the plight of native americans specifically this one tribe and the oscar people told like we'll indulge this circus for a little bit but you you've got 30 seconds wrap it up and that's what she did she just gave like 30 second kind of speech and they had to play the music over her to get her off robert or roger moore best known as James Bond number two mm-hmm. uh, was presenting the award 
the you know the Native American chick just kind of like pushed off stage, didn't really grab the award. Probably wasn't even supposed to. I doubt Marlon Brando even wanted to claim it. Roger Moore took it home, <laughs> kept it at his home, and then eventually one day, like a bank security guard for the, the Academy showed up at his house. They're like, "Hey, do you still have this Oscar?" <laughs> it's and just... he had to give it back. This is for years. People have been like, "When did you win that?" Like, oh, I think it was for like weeks. I don't think it, was, oh. <laughs> it wasn't long. It's not like he had a couple dinner parties and it got back to them. Like, who had this Oscar last? Roger Moore. <laughs> the forty, the, the fifty-seven-year-old James Bond that he just took it home was trying to convince people, like, "Yeah, guys, got an Oscar finally." Like, really, I don't remember you being up for anything this year. Oh, they sometimes just give it out to people who really did a bang-up job over their careers. <laughs> yeah. To Marlon Brando? Is that what you're going by now? I saw View to a Kill, a terrible Bond movie. <laughs> did you get an Oscar for this? And why does it say Marlon Brando more on it? Because <laughs> this is definitely going to be the worst Oscar attributed to the <laughs> to the Bond franchise I could possibly comprehend. It's just like in the background, you just hear, The writing's on the wall. Oh, Perfect segue into writing on the wall winning. Are you angry? Um, I would assume... I bet you I'm angrier. Even though I kind of like the song. It's a terrible Bond song from start it's to terrible. finish. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's like, long. It's wimpy. It's like the exact epitome of what a Bond song should never be. Which, if you watch the movie, it's got, like, a strong 15-minute opening in Mexico of him trying to chase down the Spectre hitman, and he's going off in a helicopter yeah, like fight. A hel- giant, yeah, helicopter. High adrenaline, great kind of Bond stuff, you know, that, just a lot of cool stuff, and then it goes right into this, like, just giant bucket of cold cum thrown <laughs> in your face, and, like, a CGI octopus, like, pinching Daniel Craig's nipples, <laughs> like, like what is this? This is like even hearing the song first. I'm like, I bet it. I wish I hadn't heard the song first because I feel like the novelty would have carried me through. Maybe yeah, like yeah a maybe third of like it. maybe the joke is how ridiculous this is. Maybe I'm not getting it. Like this is so wacky and absurd. Like I'm coming in with the wrong perception of this. But now having heard it before, the novelty's gone, and yeah. it's just like, why is this terrible song the winning? Fuck. A uh, couple awards have been announced. Uh, directing is won by Revenant, oh. which it makes. I mean, as a director, fine, fine, fine. It's fine. Get that. And I didn't uh, like to see the streak, though. Yeah, and uh, Brie Larson did just win for a uh, Best Actress, so good for her. She she definitely deserved that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. good for her. Really good for her. So all that's left basically is Best Actor and then uh, Best Movie, Best Picture. Uh, but I doubt we'll be up for that because this one, I think we're winding to a close here give it a few more minutes it's uh i mean the academy it's got to be wrapping up right no it usually tends to go a bit over midnight so we may have to react to that afterwards Uh, isn't it almost a statement in and of ourselves for us to do this oscar movie podcast and not even wait to really see what the best picture is no and And i'll have to watch like all the chris rock stuff tomorrow i heard he had a really good opening so awesome he has to, right? Like, it seems... I don't know, I hate to give them props for picking him. Like, oh, that's some respect, because you know he's going to trash the shit out of you. 
But it's they like, that's still that. weak but they as do fuck. That, they do that all the time. Like, every, anytime an award ceremony is like, let's get Ricky Gervais. Like, oh, they're so brave. They get him. No, or like, Seth oh, MacFarlane. Yeah, or he they, did the Emmys, right? Yeah. Did but he I, do the Oscars? I don't think he did Oscars. But even then, anytime any award show gets somebody like that, you're like, oh, bless them. They have such a sense of humor willing to get somebody who they know is just going to shit all over this, yeah. you know, ceremony. It doesn't matter. They still kind of restrict them to just their confines of what you can do up on stage, and the rest of the ceremony is just as stuffy and self-indulgent as always. But you assume Chris Rock would be like, look, I gotta make like 50% of my act talking about how there's no other black people here. Yeah, but unless he goes, like, and that's gonna be great, and it's gonna be funny, but I'm, and I, I'm not watching the Oscars right now, but I, I, I feel confident saying the rest of the Oscars are going to be the exact same way it would be if anyone else if anyone white were hosting like it's not like they're going to be like like it's not like they're like and here's a you know presentation of black actors we just were kind of shitty for not giving a really good nomination to this year yeah. and like play a clip of that it's gonna be like and here's a clip of superhero movies everybody's getting crazy into those or here's the thing about reboots yeah. bang 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 and you know then it'll be like a 40 minute what conversation if, what if about Chris how Rock drops the n-bomb on I mean, that'd be great. I mean, the first time it's ever been on mic. I feel like it was... At the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, you know, not in my room. I forget what the joke was. Uh, oh, when Obama said uh, nigger on WTF. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, man, Barack Obama, the 43rd American president, is the 43rd American president to say nigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's great. That joke's perfect. It is great. Uh... I'm just trying to see if they made an announcement on anything else. But I think we at least get like best actor. That's the one that I'm like, please. Best actor should be next, but I I'm saying let's a couple more minutes. I yeah, want to get yeah, to best do, actor. Do you have something else coming up? Uh we can talk about Batman and Superman a little bit more. I can go for it. Alright. Um if you have HBO, I'm hoping it's gonna be on on demand, but they just started showing the uh dark knight animated which is based on the old frank miller mm -hmm. comics and i you forget how great it is and those of you that haven't seen it, i won't spoil it but i'll set up you know superman is kind of a background character throughout it but it's you know as much as the strongest man in the entire fucking universe can be a background character in a in a, a comic um you know but it, it's it's superman he's working for the government specifically reagan in this and uh and it's a world where vigilantely vigilantes aren't tolerated you know he doesn't like the idea of having to hunt down batman but you know he's he's a boy scout law and order that's him hmm. and the lawful, law lawful good or yeah. neutral some people would say. and the law of the day is ronald reagan is president and has to hunt batman and you forget because it doesn't happen often but any kind of scenario where superman is fighting someone you're rooting for as well and you see him flying at the speed of a comet with those eyes just glowing red. That scary fucking Krypton red. He's just so intimidating. And that's all the stuff you're kind of... And I love those kind of shots that they show. You can make Superman look incredibly menacing without any little, like... Yeah, he can be a pretty boy and he can help an old lady across the street. You know, he can literally just... He can destroy our planet with... Just a tantrum, really, is all it needs, and he can just obliterate us. Which is weird. They were making the Superman movie, a new, the Man of Steel, and even the one before that. 
people were talking like, eh, I don't, like friends I knew, like, I don't see how you make Superman relevant. Like, well, they've been doing the comics for years because they make him a god. And you hear people like, yeah, he's like Thor. I was like, Superman crushes Thor. Like, I don't even, it's an entertaining fight for about five minutes and Superman just starts walking. Because Superman's holding back to make it fun, yeah. essentially. Superman's... All right, you can hit me with a hammer. That's yeah. not very fair, but okay. I guess we're going that route. Well, it's weird because Superman, especially more recently, has been made more and more godlike. Because that's become kind of like how, like, when you finally find that one thing that kind of defines a hero and you start making that their thing. Kind of like how I don't think the Guardians were, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy were always about kind of being, like, lovable misfits. It just happened finally. They're like, oh, we get it now. And that just became their thing and you do it. I think that's kind of what's happened. This is speaking for somebody who doesn't read the comics enough, but from my general impression of. And I don't really either. Kind of following Superman media over the years, it seems like they've kind of grasped that, oh, Superman can become like a god, and they just kind of build that into his stories. Now, I know he has also a lot of stories that are to play more into like the immigrant story, like the the fish out of water, but it seems like when you need to do anything big, you have to kind of play into the idea like, all right, how do you do this scenario knowing there is a god amongst us, essentially? Yeah. And Superman's biggest weakness is not kryptonite. It's that he's not willing to let anyone get hurt. And he's willing to play by the rules to an absurd amount mm-hmm. that he doesn't bend. Which, you know, is, is definitely the biggest fault in Man of Steel, I'd agree with. That he doesn't spend enough time worried about like collateral damage. The best way I've heard him describe like, what makes Superman interesting is that for a man of all his power, he wants to save everybody in the world. Yeah. But he can't. If only because every moment he's alive, he's hearing people dying. Yeah. You know, somebody who just falls, you know, yeah. cancer. Someone has a heart. Like, that's that's what I've always heard is, like, an interesting way of describing Superman. For all his power in the world, Pa Kent eventually dies of a heart attack. Something yeah. he can't fight. Something he can't stop. He can't be everywhere in the world. He can't save everybody. Yeah. But he's going to try to. And that's what kind of is meant to make Superman. But his strength is he's stronger than any living thing mm-hmm. should be. Yeah, he's essentially... You know, like a almost a deity like figure of, really and that's the balance of powers. Because if he was even a little bit more like Batman, it wouldn't be if a he, big yeah, deal. If he was willing to compromise, you'd be like, "Well, the DC universe is over. Who's gonna?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if this is a dude who's willing to bend on a couple rules, whenever it suits his favor, it, where Batman's the optimist in the team, that <laughs> that completely goes down the toilet. Yeah, that team's done in a moment. <laughs> that's the Justice League universe now. <laughs> the, the Justice Lords universe now. So I'm. I'm you know, I there's the two sides I love, the two sides of the coin, the Superman just flying forward at you know a thousand miles a second with glowing red eyes, just bent for destruction. Mm-hmm. And the other side of the coin is the the guy that can't not stop and get a cat out of the tree and you know do those kind of things. That's when I, I'm hoping we get both sides. We're definitely gonna get that side that kicks ass. He looks like he's really. And it sounds like at least a decent amount, as is in the Dark Knight animated thing, a decent amount of that fight is Superman like, come on, what is this? Yeah, this is, like, that's... Like, you just dropped, like, seven tanks on me. Like, come on now, Bruce, what is this? <laughs> that's the way I've always heard their fights generally tend to go, is usually it's Superman kind of commenting on the fact, like, you know I can just kill you. Like, if I really wanted to, it'd be done. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even be here talking. 
Why are you wasting both of our time, like, temporarily halting me? And I guess, like, the biggest point is it, it just needs to reach a point where he realizes, like, I'm oh, pretty shit. sure you're not going to kill me, but I don't know that because you're fucking Batman. Yeah, like, it's just, that's why I guess it's that big thing in the trailer. I guess it's actually something You don't kill happen. people, but you might, in your mind, be able to justify that I'm a bigger threat to the world. Large. I almost kind of wish they hadn't put it in the new trailer, that moment where he catches his punch and you see Superman shocked. Because I guess you kind of want to see audiences see it, but that is like a moment where you're like, oh shit. Like yeah. any moment where so Superman. This movie's not shows... just going to be him running away from Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but any moment where Superman has to show vulnerability and things like that, you know, that's always a, mm-hmm. the best kind of entertaining way of doing that. Um, it sounds like Leonardo DiCaprio won. God damn it. It hasn't. I can't. I don't see it being. Oh, there's a tweet. Leonardo DiCaprio wins for best actor. I think I'm just going to call it here because I'm going to say, presumably, Revenant's going to win for best picture. Yeah, I would say that. I'm fine with calling it. Oh, that sucks, man. I I mean, like, I thought it would happen, but Michael Fassbender. I mean, that's another guy, you know, what is he, like, 45, 46? Like, he'll get another bite at the apple, definitely, but... That was said about Liam Neeson. He might move on to something else. Yeah, very true. But I, I think that's more in line with... I don't know if Liam Neeson's ever been... You know what? That's another podcast where we talk <laughs> about like the Carole, the, uh, the trajectory, trajectory of Liam Neeson. But I think Michael Fassbender might be more into those. I, think, I can't imagine he's going to do more than a couple X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse, maybe one more possibly see how things go i don't know i'd be curious to see where that line fizzles out for those movies like how far are you guys going to keep going i'd assume they're probably gonna if this movie makes a lot of money they'll just stay put in the 80s because you got what's her name from game of thrones and there yeah you get with those characters for a little bit you got cyclops back for those of us that got like excited after first class like oh this is kind of a cool new x-men that we'll see throughout the years (laughs) we're gonna see this team grow and evolve over the time (laughs) Just Beast? Oh, okay. Just Beast? Maybe Havoc will be back? Is he in the movie? He is. Um, yeah, I think he's in the, the scene where they're yeah, talking the about Bible. the Bible. Um, but yeah, we're going to... Which gonna, I love. It's awesome. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang this up here. Uh, so that's the Oscar podcast. We got everybody. let down by everything about the Oscars, really, like the nominees, well, the... The important thing about the Oscars... Is that the Oscars are essentially worthless? Um, whatever your perception of it is, uh, don't let the Academy's choices uh, taint your opinions on the things. In my mind, Sylvester Stallone still had one of the best performances in 2015. Uh, that doesn't change anything if they didn't give him a, a trophy to acknowledge. It makes it. me really look forward to the next one. Yeah, but he really lays it in on that. There's, it feels like there's no way so Rocky lives in, through the next movie. Yeah. So that's going to do it, everybody. Thanks for listening.